Throws again, which right out. Have a look at him move! Blake, can you miss it? He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave, he's strong, he wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. We've got a huge show coming up. So much to talk about. South Sydney last night, ending Quinella's season 38-12. Sadly for Sharks fans, they go out in straight sets, so to speak, in the finals. On Friday night, of course, Parramatta 40 defeated Canberra 4. That sets up two blockbuster prelims. Next Friday night, North Queensland versus Parramatta up there in Townsville. On Saturday night, a grand final replay, Dino Penrith versus versus South at Accor Stadium. And of course, the Sydney Swans are through to the AFL grand final, defeating Collingwood in a Thriller at the SCG, 95-94. to 94. The same score on the same margin that the Swans defeated Essendon in the 96 prelim. The only other time there's been prelims at the SCG. So they're through to take on Geelong, who defeated Brisbane 120-49. to 49. The two best teams in the AFL this season will play off in the grand final next Saturday. Footy fever, Dino. I love it. Good morning, mate. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, what a wonderful night out there at Moore Park last mm. night, Ray. The pride of the league, South Sydney, continue their giant killing run into the prelim, as you mentioned, Ray. And right next door, wow, those mm. scenes at full time. What an absolute thriller. And the our, Swans and, home by a single point, Ray. And our um, regular contributor, Phil Buds Roffel, did the double. He, he could did. He could have. Ducked into the races for a while first, but he did both footy Could have games. Done the triple if he was really up yeah, to it. Yeah, so we'll look forward to seeing what he his take on the Swannies at the SCG. Nothing like an SCG packed house, Dino. And Allianz Stadium, I haven't been there yet, but it does look a fantastic footy ground. Yeah, it was packed again for the third straight week for the Bunnies, Ray. South Sydney, just too good, I thought, Ray. Uh, Cronulla were disappointing. Their defence, which they've yeah. built their season on, fell apart again last night. And they've conceded 70 points in their past two games to go out, as you said, yeah. in straight sets. Bitterly disappointing for Craig Fitzgibbon. Yeah, as you said, they've built their season on their defence. And to concede 30-plus points in both finals, disappointing. I think, Dino, tell me if I'm wrong... They probably lost it in that period in the first half when they were camped on South Sydney's try line. South Sydney's defence, I know you've got a few concerns about some of their ball control during the game. and You'll get to that in a second. But South Sydney's defence in that period when they led 6-0 and they held the Sharks at bay, then they scored their next raid downfield to make it 12-0. I think that's where they, the game was won and lost. South just couldn't break that line. Uh, the, the Sharks couldn't break South's line. Yeah, 100%, Ray. Three first half tries, 18-0. It was probably... Just a mountain too big to climb for the Sharks. They hit back a couple of times in the second half. But you always had the feeling, Ray, that South Sydney were in control. A couple of concerns, though, for South, Ray. Their completion rate was poor. Mm. They'll have to improve that tenfold to beat Penrith. And Junior Totola, chicken wing mm. on Ronaldo Mortala last night. That's a concern. And a couple of other injury issues, too. Uh, Jai Arrow and Alex Johnson would yeah. be in some doubt 
for this prelim final. Yeah, um, Jai was talking about his groin. groin. Alex Johnson, the hip flexor. Correct. Yeah, so... So, look, they'll obviously have the best treatment during the week. I, I would imagine both would play, Ray, but mm. at this point in time, yes, you can put them both in the in-doubt column. Uh, Tanya and I are out there on, on Friday night at Combank, and when Parramatta are on, they are on 40 points to four against Canberra, and it was a complete performance by the Eels. It looked like a terrific... Atmosphere out was, there, right? Yeah. They came ready to party, those Parramatta fans, mm. and they were in a joyous mood. At 22 points in the first 25 minutes, Gee, good, it yeah. was over. Yeah. They blew Canberra off the park. Mitch Moses, I thought, was brilliant again, Ray. Uh, he went into the game uh, under a bit of an injury cloud through concussion and mm. a bit of pressure being put on him by the Raiders, and I thought he was exceptional. Mm. So they now go to Townsville. Up and about, the yeah. Eels. Can they do it, Ray? Do Parramatta fans dare to dream? Is the drought on the verge of being broken? Wouldn't it be oh. the <laughs> most amazing story in rugby league for many, many years? Yeah, no, I know Tanya and her family won't go there yet, but I think they can beat the Cowboys up there in Townsville um, for a couple of reasons. That's just back on Friday night, Dino, a huge crowd, virtually a sellout. It was 29,000 in small change, so almost at 30 large. Huge Canberra contingent, which was great. And even though their team were well beaten, a lot of them stayed back after the game and their players went across to the, the Canberra contingent, which was, as I said, huge. Great scenes. And um, young Jake Arthur, um, he sort of there was a few boos when he went on the field, but when he when he was taken off and Mitch Moses came back on after that little HI incident, um, he had to walk right around the far side and had to walk a fair way back to um, uh, to sit down when he was replaced. Got rousing reception, which I think was great because that kid's copped a lot from from indeed his own fans. Yeah, he has reigns. None of it's been his fault. I do feel sorry mm. for him. Look, he came on, he did a job from. And then he left. He wasn't on very long, but mm. you know, when Moses came back, they obviously went up another peg. I did, did show some interest, though, in the post-match press conference when mm. his father, Brad Arthur, rubbished agendas, in inverted commas, uh, at the club. I'm not quite sure what Brad was on about. I think all coaches get a little bit paranoid at this time of year. He was talking about a leaked document that had come out of the club, but if it's been leaked out of the club, right, it's come from the club. Yeah. It was about potential nepotism, and it oh, wasn't dear. the time nor the place no. for it to come out. I get that, but if it has come out, it's come out from within. Mm. So maybe the Eels should look at themselves rather than trying to blame the media. Good point. The pressure's off him now. He's got him to a prelim final, and hopefully... Oh, can... I, I don't agree, right? Really? I think the pressure is on Parrot. They have to break no, this No, no, uh, Brad, Brad Arthur in terms of his coaching His role. coaching career, yes, yeah. you're right. But I think they have to break this Oh, drought. I agree. Yeah, right. they, yeah. Just getting to week three... They can't accept that as being a success. Oh, it's tough going to Townsville. I think they can win, but do you think they can beat oh, the Cowboys up there? The I think Cowboys they will win. are very, very tough to beat in Townsville. Obviously. I think they will win. Okay, yeah. I think Parramatta in a grand final would be massive for Sydney. They are such a huge club out west, and for them to play either Penrith, their mm. great rivals, or South, the pride of the league, it would mm. set Sydney alight. Before the Penrith. Para um, final at Penrith um, in week one of the finals. Uh, I was listening to the Channel 9 preview, and Freddie Fittler said, I think the Panthers will win tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams play against each other later in the final series. There's only one more game they can play against each other. It's the GF, so that's huge. But South Sydney and Penrith next Saturday night at a core stadium should be a huge crowd. 
Souths are playing good footy. I know you've got some issues about them, but they've got so many match winners. Yeah, I thought Luttrell uh, had some glimpses of uh, brilliance last night. Uh, I thought Cody was terrific, Ray. Mm. Uh, I thought Cam Murray was terrific. And they just had too much class for Cronulla. Look, don't get me wrong, Ray. Cronulla had an outstanding season. They overachieved, uh, I think, in the predictions of most people. Fair enough. But I think them finishing fifth is about where I think a lot of people thought they would finish. Yeah, fair enough. I I never thought once this year, and Cronulla fans can either ring in or text in, I never thought once this year that they could genuinely confront and overcome the big guns. I thought they would be found out at some point. And that's not a criticism. Mm. That's just a reality. No, you have said that a few times. That's fair enough. And just repeating um, the Swannies, of course, getting through to that GF. And these are the two form teams in the AFL, Dino. Geelong are on a 15-game winning streak. They're the team to beat. But Sydney are on an eight-game winning streak. They've got this great... um, way of putting pressure on the opposition teams. They they, they just run at all costs. I, I don't think this is over by any means. I think the Swannies can really take it up to Geelong next weekend. It was 26-0 earlier, right? Mm. That's when I very first flicked on. I had a couple of commitments in the afternoon. I thought they are off to a flyer. But I spoke to you during the game, and you mm. said, Bulldog, Collingwood won't go away. They, they never And go you away. were true to your word, Ray. But I thought Sydney, despite Collingwood's flourish toward the end. Mm. I thought Sydney was in control for most of that game. Yeah, that last quarter was... I got home to see last quarter and a half. That last quarter was full attention, but the Swannies got over Ram, on 95-94. I didn't realise that one-third of the Swans squad are 22 and under. Young team, yeah. Wow. So John Longmire's done a great job with this team. The Cats are full of superstars. They're full of experienced players. They've got... Um, a reputation of falling over at the last hurdle a bit in recent years, but it seems that this is the year when everything's aligned for the Cats, but I think the one team they probably didn't want to play is the Swans, because the Swans are such a, um, as I said, a high-pressure side. They they contest everything. Um, they play man-on-man footy. Gee, I reckon it's going to be a good game. If the Swans are young, Ray, is there any fear that the big occasion could get them against an experienced cat side. I know where you're coming from, and I think this was raised before the first game of the final series, and Longmire said he's told the young players in the team to go and talk to Buddy. Go and talk to Buddy Franklin, who's playing his sixth grand final, played a many final series, about how to prepare both physically but more importantly mentally because all these players are fit. They're all talented footballers. It's what between, it's between the years now, isn't it, Dino, quite often wins and loses grand finals and finals games. Yeah, I thought Collingwood's year was terrific in the mm. end, Ray. Mm. Uh, they're certainly building. They'll be back next season. But as you said quite rightly, Ray, I think uh, hand on heart for all AFL fans, I think the two best sides yep. will compete in the grand final. Bledisloe Cup, heartache once again. All Blacks 39, Wallabies 37. So much controversy post-game. Dino, what was your take on it? I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Ray. Mm. I think the last minute decision to pack the scrum was harsh but I'm getting a bit over football players these days wasting time as the clock ticks down. It happens in the league all the time they Mm. don't play the ball Uh, it's happening more and more now if you believe the referee he told Bernard Foley to kick the ball. You can see two players behind Bernard Foley, his teammate saying Mm. kick it out Mm. I've got no doubt Bernard Foley was playing chicken here and thinking 
if I can suck up a few more seconds, it will help. Mm. And he got sprung. He yeah. got sprung, and it will go down as one of the great blunders in rugby union history. Foley, to be fair, says he thought it was still time off because the ref did call time off at one stage. The rule, which is Law 20, Part 5 of that mountainous world rugby rule book, says a penalty or free kick must be taken without delay. However, Dino, there is no specific time frame in which a penalty or free kick must be taken. It's the discretion of the referee. I think most people are saying, why nitpick like that? It was you, harsh. You, you, you're, you're talking a matter of seconds. It made no difference. He was about to kick the ball. He could have just said, kick it now. Yeah, he's, he was about to kick it. Otherwise... And he's called the, the, the scrum. It was just a bizarre thing. And you always think, Dino, you don't want the referee to become the centre of attention. You want the players to decide the football game. That was a monumental decision. It, it, it's won the Blitters Oak Cup. Yeah. He, he could have just said to Bernard, kick it now. Yeah. Otherwise, you're in some trouble. He uh, was about to. <laughs> he was about to. I, I still think, though, Bernard Foley knew exactly how long he had. And I think he pushed it to the nth degree. It's a good point you raised. And I think he got sprung in a very, very harsh, harsh way. Mm. Now, Ray, racing yesterday, yeah. Ramick, first day of the Everest Carnival. Two champions, they're back. They're, they're back, yeah. Animo, terrific in the George May. Nature stripped you. What a horse in the shorts. We've got Chris Waller joining us um, very shortly. A little later in the show, James Cummings. The hoof note post the George May is in the stewards report. Animo was found to be three out of five lane. That's a, a real concern. So hopefully we'll get some good news from James Cummings this morning that it's not a major issue, but always a concern when you... you you see in a steward report a horse three out of five lame. Uh, he's an awesome side in full flight animo. Geez, a horse and a half. And um, he's won both his group ones this prep. Um, he could go through the spring unbeaten now. He's heading up to his right distance range. I, I think he's the best miler 2,000 metre horse in the country. There'll be those in Zaki's corner, those in Iron Thunderstruck's corner. You just hope he's fit and well and trains on. The, the shorts, what a race, Dino. What a horse nature strip. First run since Royal Ascot. We saw a different... Side of nature strip, Dino, because he's not not the best beginner. And from barrier two, the lights of Eduardo will always like it across him. That's what happened. The nature strip of, say, 18 months, two years ago, if he was crossed by another horse, would start to over-raise. He'd get fierce. He'd be his own worst enemy. Yesterday, nature strip was like an old stayer, tucked in behind Eduardo, travelling nicely under James McDonald. And I've got to say, when... He eased out around Eduardo's heels and was about to unleash the roar from the crowd. Was It was a great atmosphere there yesterday. Nature Strip is the world's best sprinter. Mm. Is there any doubt about that? No, in a word. <laughs> is that a view held by the world yes. racing or is that a view held by you? No, no, well, yeah, and the rankings support that. And indeed, when he won in England, the English were in awe of him and they were saying he's like Black Caviar or better. Well, I don't think he's better than Black Caviar. I don't want to compare him because he's... But he seems to be getting better, Dino. That's a remarkable thing. And he's an eight-year-old. So, um, incredible horse. Ray, you had a terrific story during the week, which I enjoyed reading. The legendary five champions of Australian racing. I'll let you tell the listeners who they are. They no, no, no longer have Group 1 races mm. named in their honour. And I was talking to you off air, and you were saying that the story has really ignited so much debate through the racing industry. Just explain it to us. Well, in a nutshell, in 2001, when the Hall of Fame committee met, um, the first five horses inducted was the easiest meeting we've ever had. Um, Farlap, Carbine, Tullock, Burnborough, Kingston Town. Bang, no discussion. Unanimous to a man, 
those five horses went straight in. Kingston Towns had a Group 1 named after him for a number of decades. That was um, changed last year, and no criticism at all of West Australian Turf Club because they've gone with their local champ, Northerly, and they've renamed the Kingston Town Classic the Northerly Classic. But what that meant was the five inaugural Hall of Fame inductees of Australian racing, five of the great legends of the sport, no longer have a Group 1 race named after them, which I found extraordinary. Yet we have Group 1 races named after them. I'm not being disrespectful, but gentlemen who've made wonderful contributions to the sport but have passed away decades and decades ago. I still think they should be honoured, but give them a Group 2 race or a Group 3 race. My point was that these five champions deserved to have Group 1 races named after them. So who makes the decision, and will a groundswell of opinion perhaps change what we're seeing? I hope so. Uh, The race clubs make the decision. It's their races. They can name races whatever they want. They can name after their mother and father if they want. But I think to resonate with the public and to respect the traditions of the sport, I think this has to be looked at. We have got races named after modern greats like the Wink Stakes, the Maccabi Diva Stakes, the Black Caviar Lightning, which is great. But these five champions remain revered. They resonate with the public, yet we don't have Group 1s named after them, So, which was I find extraordinary. Yeah. Will there ever be the Ray Thomas Stakes? No. Why? <laughs> Absolutely not. Why not? Where would it be? They'll okay, run, I'll ask run you me question. out of town first. If there was a Ray Thomas Stakes, what track would it be run at? <laughs> Can we move on now? <laughs> Can we move on to a more important issue? The GOAT retired. You yeah. might say he's not the GOAT, Roger Federer, but to me he's the best I've ever seen. In the way he played his tennis, he was so stylish and elegant. 20 grand slams. I know Novak's won more and Rafa's, he's won 21. Rafa's now won 22. But Roger Federer's career, eight Wimbledon, six Australian Opens, five US Opens, a French Open, Olympic gold medal in doubles, Olympic silver medal in singles, three Hopman Cups, a Davis Cup. He did it all, Dino. He did it all with such grace, Mm. class and elegance, right? I think that's what made Roger Ferrer such a a darling of the world tennis. Everyone loved Roger. Mm. Can you recall ever hearing anybody say a bad word about Roger Federer. No. And that is very rare. Yeah. And in actual fact, um, I was listening to a tennis, uh, watching a tennis um, commentator from America, I can't remember his name now, sorry, but being interviewed, and he was asked that very question, and he said, in the end, we didn't bother, because there is none. There's no scuttlebutt. There's no um, rumours about anything. Roger Federer has just done everything with class, with dignity, open, honest, and people just admire him. And it got me thinking about our talk topic, Dino. Let rip. Because when I was... I covered Wimbledon for Leo Schlink in 2012. I made a point of going to as many press conferences as I could of all the major stars. I didn't miss one of Roger Federer's, so I was there each and every time and watched him play on centre court um, each and every time as well. And he's been a hero, as you know, of mine ever since he started playing because I love the way he plays the game of tennis. And my late father and I, often we'd be on the phone talking when he was playing at Wimbledon because he was such a, a stylish um a beautiful player to watch. And to me, it was my little brush with fame. And we, in our position, we're very fortunate. We get to talk to these sporting stars all the time. When I met Chang'e Langlands a few years ago, I was in awe, you know. But that was my brush with fame, was um, watching, asking questions of Roger Federer and seeing him at his best at Wimbledon when he won in 2012, which has inspired our talk topic, your sporting brush with fame. Brush with fame. And that could be anything. It could be just mm. meeting, a selfie, an autograph. Yeah, a, a sporting whatever. Hero. Yeah, right. And it could be anybody, yeah. Legend that you... It could be a local coach in your footy team or something, you know. 
Well, I'm like you, Ray. I'm very, very lucky mm. to have been able to interview a lot of people over the years. Yeah. On face value, I'll go with two heavyweight champions. I got to meet Muhammad Ali. Did you really? And I got to interview Joe Frazier. You met the, the great Ali. Yeah, he wow. actually shaped up to me. Yeah. You? Well, you didn't, didn't feign a left and right, did no, you? No, no. I was almost <laughs> going to throw one down Main Street, but I thought I'd better not. So I'll go Ali and um, Joe Frazier. What was Joe Frazier like? He was good. He, he was a little bit, uh, you know, he's encountered his problems post-boxing. Yeah. Mm. He took a lot of knocks, Joe. And was he still bitter about Ali? No, no, he was okay. okay. Yeah. He was okay. I got to interview Keanu Reeves too, a Hollywood superstar. I just thought I'd throw him oh, in. Oh, you're branching out there. As a way... He seems like a decent fellow. Sport. Does a lot for charity, doesn't he? Yeah. So I'll go Ali Fraser. You'll go Frederick Federer. That's hard to beat. But let us know what your thoughts are on your brush, brush with, with sporting fame. I love fame. It. Yeah. On thirteen fifty three fifty three SMS oh four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance! What a moment this is! The big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Race replay time. Dino and G, there was some highlights at that Randwick meeting yesterday. We'll start off with the Bill Ritchie handicap. Here's one of the leading Epsom contenders. His name, top ranked. O'President swings in front. Crosstalk right in the slipstream. But now Clark comes off heels to range up on the outside pretty swiftly. Purple Sector gets going. Top ranked is picking up between them. Then came Lakeen and Ranchan. Purple Sector crosstalk being challenged by the grey. Top ranked is going right through the middle. And Top ranked moved up to take the lead away from Purple Sector. And then came Lakeen. But Top ranked, the European stallion, draws clear for a great first up win, beating Purple Sector. Third between Crosstalk and Lakina, a gap back to Ranch Hand. Then came He's a nice horse, Dino. He's had his no issues, um, but Annabelle Neesham's got him back in top form, and he'll head to the Epsom now as one of the favourites. Well, did we see the favourite in the t- for the flight stakes in the T-Rose yesterday? She might be the one to beat. Zoo gotcha. North Star Lass moved up to take the lead. Narrowly from Malinga Beast. Zoo gotcha. Madame Pomery running a big race on the outside. Many chances here. Madame Pomery moved up together with Zoo gotcha. Madame Pomery. Zoo gotcha is fighting hard. Zoo gotcha coming back. Zoo gotcha won the T Rose. Beat Madame Pomery. Wolverine rattling home into third. Then North Star Lass Renaissance Woman. Yeah, she's Malinga a tough Beast. filly. A month between <laughs> runs and she was headed there by. By Madame Pomery, but Zugotcha fought back and got the job done. She'll now go to the flight stakes in two weeks. The George Main Stakes, looking forward to seeing this Animo. He delivered again. And Hinge, 400 metres to run, leads the way from Animo. Profondo the inside, Ice Bath winding up with Modophilia, and then came Fangirl. Animo races to the lead of the 250. Animo just in front from Ice Bath, beating off Hinge, then came Fangirl. But Animo, up goes Animo on the George Main Stakes, breaking clear, and there's five Group 1s. Animo went on to beat Ice Bath, hinged in third, Modophilia fourth, then came Fangirl, further back to Dewis Profondo. Maximal and Converge was the last one to finish. Oh, he's outstanding, Dino. I spoke to James McDonald after the race and I said, he went and sat outside leader. Was that to take bad luck out of the equation? He said it was the one place he didn't want to be because Animo's better when ridden with cover and stalking. So just added further merit to the win. Hopefully we'll get an update from James, Mc- James Cummings next hour or so about that issue with Animo. Three out of five lame, as reported in the stewards' report post the George Main. On to the shorts. It was a mini Everest. Massive build-up to it. What a race. Nature strips back. 
Eduardo comes up the rise, two lengths clear from Nature Strip, stalking him. Then came over past, lost and running to the outside, making ground. Eduardo in front, but Nature Strip getting on terms now. Here comes the champ, Nature Strip, taking the lead from Eduardo, clear from lost and running, and Nature Strip back on target to defend his Everest title. Nature Strip beat lost and running over past. They beat off Eduardo, then Mask Crusader from Mars. He, he's a champion, Dino. Proved it yet again, and certainly the crowd appreciated that performance. Overpass did enough, I think, yesterday to show he deserves to um, compete in the Everest. I dare say a slot will go his way sometime this week. Lost and running was awesome first up. Eduardo led early, fought on. He can bounce off that and improve. Marzu and Mars Crusader both solid in their returns. They're on track for the Everest. Sadly, Dino, classic legend, tailed the field off unlikely now to race again this year. On to Caulfield yesterday. The Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. Jamie Mott gets his first Group 1 winner on Callsign Mav. Buffalo River joined by Tuvalu. 200 metres to go. It's Tuvalu just in front. Here's Callsign Mav on the outside running on with I Am Superman. And then Buffalo River. Callsign Mav up to Tuvalu. I Am Superman chasing both of them. Callsign Mav just in front and won it. Call sign Mav from I Am Superman. And third was Tuvalu. Dallasan prominent for fourth with Laws of Indices. Just held off the fast finishing I Am Superman. Jamie Mott, his first Group 1 win. Dino, plenty of people want to have their say on our talk topic, I dare say, which is brushes with sporting fame. But Paul's on the line. Paul, good morning. Glory, glory. <laughs> good man, Paul. Enjoy it. Yeah, no, um... Yeah, it's a reality check. We have got Penrith this week, but, um, you know, look, we're there to play him. Oh, uh, I, just, I want to give a huge rap to uh, Campbell Graham. He's got to be close to rep selections. He is amazing every mm. week, defence and attack. Yeah, certainly defensively he's an incredible player. Good it wouldn't player. surprise me Good if he player. just jags a spot on that World Cup squad, yeah. Ray and uh, Paul. i tell you what, Paul, I don't want to put pressure on South, but I think this is their... Fifth successive prelim. Mm. You, you really need that title, don't you? The window's there; it's open, but you've got to jag yeah. one now because you know those windows do close. We know it. Yeah, um, well, you've got to look what you're up against. Um, and look, yeah, we're going great, but mm. look what we're up. If we can get Penrith this week, I think it's red hot. Whoever we beat, whoever we play in the GF, if we get there, but Penrith's a huge mountain to climb. Yeah, you know that you're there, Paul, and I'm happy for Jason Demetrio too. He came into the job a lot of pressure, and he's got them to the prelim final, and they are a massive chance against the Panthers. They're playing great footy. I think Shane's on the line. Shane, good morning. Good morning, Ray and Bulldog. How are you, boys? Good Shane. to hear from you, Shane. What do you got for us, mate? Uh, look, there's an old saying in rugby league: buyer beware. Um, Nico Hines was never going to supplant Ryan Pappenhausen or Jerome Hughes, and Dolphinukin's best years, unfortunately, are well and truly behind him. And that's why the Storm got rid of both of them. So just a message for NRL clubs before they raid us again, be very, very careful. We're not the panacea you all think we are. Yeah, Nico was disappointing last night. Mm. He took a few poor options, and I'm not sure whether he was fit or not, but they say he was. But, yeah, he, he had a lot of publicity this year, Nico yeah. Hines. I thought at some point Corella might have just pulled back that publicity. It was uh, certainly an overdrive all year. Mm. But uh, look, he had a good year. Uh, he got him to the 
second week of the finals, yep. Nico Hines, and I think he'd be very close, yeah. like Campbell Graham, to selection in that World Cup squad. Yeah. And listening to Craig Fitzgibbon post-game, I think the point that you raised earlier in the show, Dean, was what he was most disappointed about, obviously losing his most disappointed, but the defence, which they've built their season on, and they leaked 30-plus points in successive finals games. Yeah, they had a few chances to get back, right? They just couldn't quite really mount a sustained period in the game where they put South under pressure. Mm. You always got the feeling that South had a little bit more in them and that Cronulla just couldn't seem to find that extra step mm. up to, to really put some assets and put some heat on the bunnies. Exactly. We'll just go to a quick break, Dino, because um, plenty of calls want to have their say after break. But our talk topic is sporting brushes or brushes with sporting fame. This is hard to beat from LP. My sporting brush with fame. I played golf with Tiger Woods in 1994 when I was 18. Talking all the overnight action. Is he away with the Premiership? Did she hang on? Yes, she has. The dream comes true. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Richie Callender joins us as always on a Sunday morning. Rich, good morning. Cracking days racing at Randwick yesterday, Rich. It was outstanding, wasn't it? Uh, it, was all, it was outstanding in that precinct, it was, Ray. Mm, Randwick yeah. was outstanding. The Swans was incredible. And the Bunnies, well, mm. they live on another day. I don't, I don't agree with Paul Dog, they're the pride of the league anymore. I think outside the uh, the fans of the Roosters in the South, uh, I think they settle below Melbourne in popularity now. I think the pride of the league tag, Rich, is more about the pride and the history and the yeah. 1908 and the Redfern working class. I think that's more the tag rather than sort of modern day results. Yeah, I agree with that. You're probably mm. right, but I, I wouldn't say the working class. Have you seen the prices at Redfern nowadays? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Rich, just talking about yesterday's racing, and well, well first we'll go to Animo. We'll hopefully get James Cummings on shortly and check on that report that was in the, the Stewards report last night. Animo's pulled up three out of five lames, so fingers crossed it's nothing serious, but he is an awesome sight in full flight Animo. Yeah, look, and he, he, he's done it all the way through in his career, and uh, it's a credit to James Cummings and his team. Uh, he, he, he's got versatility, and that's his biggest asset. You know, we saw him when he won that size as a two-year-old, but then when he won the Rose Hill Guinea, he can settle on speed. He did it yesterday, uh, as, you, as you rightly said. He took the you know, bad luck out of the equation. He was dominant. Um, just fingers crossed, because uh, I don't. I think I think he ranks as. Uh, the middle distance, best horse in Australia, probably on Thunderstruck second and Zaki third. So they're the top mm. three guns. And it'd be a shame to lose one for the spring. So fingers crossed, James can come on and with you and Bulldog a bit shortly and tell us that a uh, little bit of a setback, but all's okay. Rich Animo thrilled that big crowd yesterday. It was almost like Nature Strip wasn't going to be upstaged uh, 40 minutes later. Yeah, look, um, I think everyone's... Uh, Got that little soft spot for Enemo, particularly in the Cox Plate last year. I'm probably in the minority. I thought the stewards, and I don't often wrap them, I thought they made the right decision. I, I would have left the, dismissed the protest, but it could have gone either way. And I think they got that little bit of uh, soft side for him. But he's a, he's like you, Bulldog. He's robust. He's, you know, he's tough. To be, he, he looks that little bit of that softness inside. <laughs> what are you saying, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rich, Nature Strip is Nature Strip, but I think from an Everest point of view, he's obviously the horse to beat. He was awesome yesterday, but overpassed it enough, I'm sure, to get a slot, probably as early as this week. Lost and running was tremendous first up. Um, Marzu, Eduardo, Mars Crusader, all past marks, game on for the Everest. 
Yeah, I think you're right. If you take a few things out of it, I think Johnny O'Shea would have been absolutely chuffed with Lost and Running and the, and the tab with their with their slot choice this year. Again, with Lost and Running, he went he went outstanding. And the drier of the track, the better for him. Marzu, we know if we get that um, that Spanish uh, fella turned back up, El Nino, um, <laughs> that he's going to be right in the ballpark. Mask Crusader was good. Overpass was incredible. Eduardo, you know, with the change of rider, but, you know, Joe Pride's always said he wanted to, you know, make it burn and tough. I think that might toughen Eduardo up, but I think um, Nature Strip it was is is probably yesterday's win showcased the the true qualities of Chris Waller as a trainer. You know mm. how far he's come from a terrified horse that you know always had ability, always had speed, can now settle in behind, travel up, and then put them to bed. He was. He was awesome, and I hate to maybe he's come back a better horse since going to England for the King Stand. Well, and I don't think that's that's incorrect what you're saying, Rich, because your point you made is valid. The nature strip, I said to Dino early on the show, a year or two years ago, when a horse crossed him like Eduardo did uh, yesterday, which was always on the cards, he'd often start to over-race and basically beat himself. Yesterday, he relaxed like an old stayer in third defence. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I still remember that day. Was it Remy Warrior? I think, you know, and he got his head up and yeah. charge and run off the track, and he just looked like he was a little terrified kid in the headlights. But yesterday, you know, and and James McDonald's a, a big part of that too, and so is the team uh, back home for Chris. You know that have you know ride him every morning and the handlers. He, he's just a calm dude now, and when he walked around the pre pradering there at Royal Ascot, you know. The old religious would have got fired up. He was just relaxed. He walked around. He looked like and it, like good footballers. Mm. Right, I'll tell you, when he walks around the yard, you look at him and you, and you know he's king. Mm. Rich, a text has just come through. No name on it. Uh, please ask Richard what he thought of top ranked. Outstanding. Look, we know the speed was on. Um, there was a couple of critics uh, I, I saw. We we are we are the armchair critics people of the world, and I suppose social media has made that with. O President and Crosstalk going hard. Well, if you didn't think O President was going to go run along quick, you probably didn't watch the trial when it led by 730 yards in an 800 metre <laughs> trial. It was always going to go along quick. I thought Crosstalk was brave to the last little bit. O President, back to the drawing boards there, but top rank. It was just a Hugh Bowman special. He just sat back. Uh, Huey, the dude that he is, he just said, you know what? No use to worry about it. Yeah, Bulldog will worry about it shortly. And then he just and look, top rank is quality animal. There's no doubt about that. And Annabelle Nisham, who's I think away for her brother's wedding, yep. I think they would have enjoyed the uh, the win. Mm-hmm. In the T rows, Rich uh, Chris Waller uh, made no secret of the fact that he missed the furious part of a deliberate plan with Zoo Gotcha to go second up into the into the T rows yesterday, and then third up into the flight stakes and. She was under siege when Madame Pomery probably got her head in front, but she fought back and was drawing away on the line. The flight stakes. Now, in secret is favourite for the Golden Rose, but the latest flight stakes betting has Zoo Gotcha at $3 outright favourite, in secret at $6. So the bookie's got it right. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, look, I I thought she was an outstanding win yesterday. Mm. She, she, she stepped a half stride slow and... You know, without being critical of the of the man who wrote five winners, it's hard to be critical of James McDonald. But he he just he wanted to hold a spot on Zagotcha, and she just got really charging and over racing. I thought for the first eight hundred, um, it may be a half length further back she might have relaxed a bit more, and then she had the audacity to find when Madame Pomeroy come to her. Mm. Uh, she's she's top draw. 
I don't think she'll have any dramas with a, with the mile of the flight, and I wouldn't even be surprised if she made her way into a 2,000-metre race later in the spring. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Rich, did I see a social media post from your good self at the Swans? I was at Ramwick for a first for the few races, Bulldog. I, 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 go, to, I go to every Swans game. Uh, I wasn't going to miss yesterday, and uh, it was absolutely um, just incredible. It was in, incredible to be there, and... Uh, uh, 26-0, we were comfortable. They, then they got down to 11 in front. They got back to 30 at half time. Still 23 with a quarter to go. Just under four goals. We were cruising. And everything was cruising. But you see it in all sports, Bulldog. When you start to play defensive and there's only one side that's trying to score, it, mm. it, 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 it becomes trouble. And that's what happened. We just, we've got to get out of the mentality of going back to defensive. You built the lead, built the game on scoring points, keeps going, because if you only score a few more, they've got to score more than that. No, but they were great, and it'll be uh, incredible to be at the uh, if, if we uh, get to the G next Saturday, MCG. Are you trying, Rich, to get the GF? I'll be there, Ray. There you I'll go. There. Well done, I'll Ray. be there. Mate, he's got I'll contacts be... everywhere, the big fella. <laughs> I just I just politely uh, wrote an email to the ATC and sent me an invitation for the, uh, to enjoy their hospitality next Saturday at Rose Hill. Uh, that I shan't. Uh, I will be enjoying it, but I'll enjoy it from afar. <laughs> there you go, Rich. Before we let you go, our talk topic today: brush with fame, sporting fame, sporting yeah. fame. Well, it could be any fame, but oh. preferably sporting yeah. fame. So, well, our calendar. Who have you met that you thought, "Wow, I'm well, meeting this one"? Keeping it in Australia uh, as meeting, uh, I, I've met Kieran Perkins, which I was thrilled about being a, 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 a mm. swimming. Uh, fan, I've met the legend Ray Warren uh, on the odd occasion. Uh, Johnny Lewis, who I think's one of the great legends and Hall yep. of Fame superstars. I- I've met that Chris Wallen on the odd occasion. <laughs> uh, I've even met that Ken Callender. But um, worldwide bulldog, I'm in your ballpark. And a great man, Lindsay Murphy, was that was got me through to inter- meet a bloke at Roseville one day called Muhammad Ali. Wow, yeah. two thousand Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think Muhammad Ali walked away and said, wow, I've just met Richie Callender? Probably. Well, I, I don't know about that, but he did. As he got in the car, he yelled out, see you, bro, see you, Rich. I said, see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good on you, Rich. Enjoy that um, grand final next weekend. Go the Swannies, and we'll talk next Sunday, mate. Same, boys. Have a great weekend. Go the Swannies. And, I, Ray, back in the early 90s, <laughs> when I left, when I was, did my golf apprenticeship, and I... I met a couple of great Billy McWilliam. People don't remember him, but he coached uh, Bruce Devlin, uh, a little bit of Greg Norman, and Bruce Crampton. Um, I worked at Two KY, and I met a, I met a young lady there called Kenya Bracey, who was a star oh, back then. Yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 superstar. Yeah, geez, <laughs> her life's just gone down a little bit since, hasn't it? <laughs> Have a great Sunday. That, See, might, that might be my brush with sporting fame. Hey, good on you, Rich. Bye, mate. Thanks, mate. There's Richie Callender. Ray, I want to read this text yeah. out. It's a ripper from Greg. Good morning, uh, all. I was with my mates at the Berrimah Hotel playing pool in the early 80s. There was a small, older gentleman there telling us about football, and I asked him what made him such an export, expert and who he played for. He said, I played for South for 15 years and Australia for 10, and I also coached them. It was the little master. Wow. The late, great Clive Churchill. How about What that? a wonderful tale. Hey, that's fantastic. What a wonderful tale. My dad grew up with Rod and Lead and Labour. There you go. Played tennis with him in the, little, in the only little court, which was a, a dusty little dirt court in Marlborough. 
west, sort of northwest of Rockhampton. Dave from Cooma says, "Hey Ray and Dean, I had the pleasure of meeting Brett Kenny, my my mm. personal all time favourite in Coomba. What a nice bloke, and also had the pleasure of meeting." Darren Beeman, one of your men, Ray. Yeah, he's a great guy, Dancy. Good, good fella. Um, Brett, can we pat him on the show a couple of times? And he's a lot of people's legend. And and uh, uh, here, what, what a player he was, Dina. What a player. Natural, absolute natural. Steve from Rudy Hill, Ray mm-hmm. went to Great Keppel Island in the '90s on a Contiki tour. Didn't realise that the footy show were there. For a show, I remember seeing Fatty Sturlow and Blocker having a few beers with them playing pool at the bar. Is it funny, Ray? How? Mm-hmm. Uh, might just be an accidental bump into someone fame can stay with you for the rest of oh, your life. Yeah, no, you never forget those moments, do you? Oh, hundred percent. And as I said, just meeting Chang Langlands a few years ago. And of course, um, he's passed. When I was a kid, um, he was just my hero when I was when I was very young. And and getting to meet him, I wish my father was still alive because I would have told him I've met Chang Langlands. He would have loved that. So. No name on this one. Brush with fame, Jeff Fennick at the Hotel Australia. So that's a good one. Oh, he's a good mate of yours. Right? He is a good mate of mine, the great Jeff Fennick. His yeah. boy, Brock Jarvis, fights on the 15th of October up in Brisbane. And I will be up there to watch that fight, Ray. Speaking of fights, massive fight today for the super middleweight title of the world. Golovkin versus Canelo. This is their third fight. Golovkin has only lost one fight in his life. That was to Canelo. But he's never been knocked down, Dino, in 44 fights. What a... What a champion Fair he is. Chin. Canelo, he's as tough as that is going to be some fight. Yeah, it should be an absolute beauty, Ray. Um, I must admit, I used to love my boxing when I was younger. Mm. But now there's so many divisions and it's been splintered and there's so many alphabets, as they call them, in terms of titles. It's USC's risen up. I just wonder whether boxing's gone back a, a peg or two. You don't, I, I still love it. I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just mm. – there's so much politics involved and there's – it's rorts. There's so much goes on in boxing that's unsavoury, and I just wonder whether over time. I mean, we don't have a Tyson anymore. We don't have mm. a Holyfield. We don't have a Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns. You know, the list goes on and on and on, Ray. Yeah, no, these they're not household names. These boxing, I, I know what you're saying, champions but, anymore. But and I love boxing because it, maybe different eras you sort of get more yep. immersed in them. But Golovkin and Canelo, they are outstanding boxers. Has they? UFC eroded a bit of? Boxing's popularity. Uh, maybe, but yeah. I might be the wrong person to ask because I, I, I actually like both sports. But I love my boxing. So, um, Has anyone beaten our man LP who played golf with Tiger Woods yet? Uh, no, I don't think so, right? That's pretty hard to beat. This is from, this is from um, Carmel from Gyra. I met Steve Waugh at a charity dinner. I was first in line for a photo with him. The organiser said, just go and sit up there with Steve. I sat there talking with Steve Waugh for 20 minutes because the photographer was having technical issues. It was awesome. I asked him who he thought was the next big thing in cricket. Steve Waugh's reply was Michael Clark. He got it right. He got it very, got it very, right. very, very, very right. Talking of sporting heroes, Ray, mm-hmm. I mentioned Brett Kenny. Mm-hmm. If you go to cricket, I've got multiple, you know, Dennis Lilly, uh, Shane Warne, but gee, Steve Waugh would be in my top five. Steve, yeah. Just yeah. for that steely disdain for the opposition, that, that, that glare he would give. He'd take hits on the body. He was mm-hmm. out there to win for his country. If Australia were three for 50, you'd send Steve Waugh in every time. If Australia were three for 500... He'd get out for a duck, but when you needed him, he he always rose to the occasion. Oh, rephrase that. He almost always rose to the occasion. It was the old cliche, right? But it was true. If you wanted someone to bat for your life, you would send in Stephen Roger War. Exactly. Um, Peter from Redcliffe, he said, My brush with fame is a racing nut. I had the pleasure of spending the afternoon 
playing pool against Angus Armanasco at his home in Caulfield. While talking to him about his champion horses, he had horses like Biscay and Zedit. It was a wonderful afternoon. And when you had your back turned, Angus would push your ball up against the cushion. (laughs) He didn't mind winning, obviously, Angus. Ray, he's a contender Mm. for number one. Cal from Bathurst. Morning, Ray. In the late 90s, I met Brett Favre. There you go. In San Francisco, of course, Brett Favre. Is one of the all-time great Green Bay Packer quarterbacks. He's bit of drama with Brett Favre at the moment, isn't there? I think there is. Yeah, yeah. And our man Shane from Butterham. Yeah, he was annoying me on social media last night. Was he? Yeah, he's a good man. Shane. <laughs> he said, "Hi, guys. Back in the eighties, I was lucky enough to meet Lionel Rose." <laughs> This is Pete from Brisbane. Good morning, gents. I once met former Prime Minister John Howard. He's a sports star considering his cricketing prowess. Remember the time he tried to do the... I the know, ball? I know. And this is, a, this is a good one from Michael. Howdy, boys. Today's topic, I got to meet Tommy and Blocker at a function for the New South Wales Blues. Loza was there as well and just, uh, sat on the table, have a beer with Tommy Redonicus, will stay with me forever. Great memories. What a funny bloke Tommy was. Cheers, Michael. Andrew says, I live around the corner from Gary, Jimmy Jack. I sat next to Jimmy on the bus once. That would be right, Jimmy. Jimmy wouldn't shout a cab. Wouldn't he? He'd go the cheaper option. He's a great man, Jimmy. Absolute champion. Um, This is from Daryl from from Kingaroy. I reckon Tanya would like to hear this one. Good morning, Ray and Dean. I came across this piece of footy trivia on Facebook. Back in 1986, when the Parramatta Eels last won the NRL Premiership, the top-ranked movie of the year was Top Gun. In 2022, the top-rated movie so far is Top Gun Maverick. Is this the omen for the Eels to finally break their 36-year premiership hiatus? I love a good omen, Ray. I love a September omen. Do you, Tan? Just cannot dare to go there. Why can't you? You must think at times. 36 years. When you're alone, just thinking, you know what, imagine if we won it. You won't give yourself that luxury? I did say at the start of the season, this is your year, Tan. You, you mocked me. You said, no, it's not. Because I can't go there. Mm. That's why. It's just uh, I, I, I would worry about my brother. I would worry about my nephew. <laughs> I might not see them for weeks <laughs> okay. if that happened. Well, after Friday night, you've got to admit, they, they're playing great footy. Mitch Moses was outstanding Friday night. Uh, they were on fire, weren't they? Mm. They the, the bought the pl- – the, Passing speed of the ball, speed of the ball was just yeah. extraordinary. But Penasini, you know, what a game he had in the centres. First year. Gee, a good player. He's been up all year, that kid. He's That's a an good extraordinary player. performance. Yeah. It's only going to miss the home crowd, however. Mm. And to go up to Townsville with the capacity Cowboys crowd, I think that's going to, you know, yeah. it's going to, if anything, cost them maybe that. But if they're good enough, they'll win, Correct. won't they? Yeah, Simple they're, as they're that. well coached, the Cowboys. It'll be hard to beat. Tam, we've got plenty of scratchings to go through today. We certainly do. do. Racing in New South Wales today is at Armadale and Nowra, and we're going to go through Flemington, big meeting down there in Victoria. So let's start with... Armadale, the weather is fine. The track is a heavy 10. The rail is true and there are 30 scratchings. From race one, take four hard to dismiss, number four. Race two, number five, Cliff Singer and the emergency 13, five and 13. Race three, number one, Vermeulen. Four, Roman Rebel. Six, Star Diamond. Nine, Gasson and 11, Ishkabibbel. One, four, six, nine, and 11. Race four, number one, Grappel. Seven, Special Day. Eight, Sun Chaser. Nine, Suva May. And 10, Twilight. One, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Race five, number one, Backlash. 
6 Justinian, 13 Bears Best in the Emergency 15, 1, 6, 13 and 15. Race 6, number 2, Titration, 3 Luff, 6 Justin Reach, 9 Lady Rupert, 11 Susu, 12 Supreme Harmony, 14 Moving Move Deadman and the Emergency 16, 2, 3, 6, 9, 11, 12, 14 and 16. And out of race 8, number 2, Chestnut Scaffer, 6 Tough Case, 7 Quatra Zip, 11 oh no bro and the emergency 17 26 7 11 and 17 from race 7 at armadale Nara, the weather is fine. The track a heavy eight. The rail out two and a half metres from the 800 to the 350. And there are 23 scratchings. From race one, take five, the Fancy Jones Girl, number five. Race two, number one, Arcadia Power. And five, Solaris, one and five. Race three, number two, Azu Ready. Four, Red Heron Freckles. And eight, Kitty Kareen. Two, four, and eight. Race four, number four, Sanderson. And five, the press. Four and five. Race five, number two, at midnight. Four, my rock singer. Five, Senna Prost. And nine, Makalu. Two, four, five, and nine. Race six, number three, Never Careless. And 11, Kalige. Three and 11. And out of race seven, number one, Golden River Gift. Four, Flying Circus. Five, Habitually. Seven, Mrs. Gloop. 10, Nacho Nacho Man, 11, Cadona, 14, Queen of the Stars, Emergencies 15 and 16. That's 1, 4, 5, 7, 10, 11, 14, 15 and 16 from race 7 at Nowra. And down to Flemington where the weather is raining. The track is a heavy 8, the rail out 14 metres the entire course and there are 40 scratchings. So from out of race 1, take the numbers 1, 3, 9, 10, 14, and 17. Race 2, numbers 1, 3, 12, 13, and 15. From race 3, 1, and 14. Race 4, take out 2, 5, 12, and 17. From race 5, numbers 13, 15, 13, and 15. Race 6, take out 4, 7, 9, and 15. Race 7, 3, 5, 6, 9, 13, 16 and 17 and race 8 take out 2, 3, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15 and 16. That's from race 8 at Flemington. Through all 10. Thanks for that. Armadale today. I like race one, number two, Mr. Severino to upset the favourite Thunder Fox. Down to the last race seven, number one, Piemont each way. At Nowra, race one, number one, Dream Game should be our banker today. Down to race four and number six, Construction Master. Throws a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move! Blake, can you miss it? He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big second hour coming up. Peter Peters will join us shortly. ZNZ Watch Quiz question also here. So stay tuned during the, the Peter Peters segment. We'll also have hopefully James Cummings and Chris Wall later in this hour. League Super Quiz. Wayne's let us know. 24-17. Dino, I have the lead. 
go good thing. You are well and truly on top, Ray. Jared the business end of the season. Yeah, Jared Daffy with today's life lesson and all sporting odds. And Phil Moss, EPL, back on overnight. Plenty to talk about. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. Fascinating final series. We've now down to the prelim stage. What did you make of South Sydney last night? Good morning, Zorb. Morning to you, Raymond. Morning, Bulldog. Um, yeah, um, well, it wasn't the excitement and close games of um, the previous weekend, but uh, very clinical South Sydney in putting pay to Cronulla last night, and they now go, um, of course, South Sydney will play Penrith at a core stadium on uh, Saturday in the, um, in the chance to reach the grand final. Is this the grand final um, preview one week early? Could be. A lot of people are saying, South and Penrith will uh, will fight it out. Will remain to be seen. And of course, um, Parramatta really gave it to Canberra, and uh, they will go on a hit and run mission. They will not go on a commercial airline to uh, to Townsville for next Friday night's game. They will fly up on a um, on a charter flight on Thursday. Uh, they'll stay Thursday night, play the game, and come straight home after the game on Friday. I applaud the move by Brad Arthur and the Parramatta board. Um, I think it's a good one. They look good. But this is a step up in class against the Cowboys than uh, what they met against the Canberra Raiders. Zorba, I just threw a little poll up on Twitter last night and I said to the punters, who wins the NRL Grand Final? And I listed all four sides. 60% said Penrith. Sure, they're going to be two prelim, <clears throat> two great prelim finals, but... Is the inevitable going to happen, Zorba? Will Penrith claim this year's title? Well, I said probably about three months ago that they would, Bulldog, and nothing has changed my mind. Oh, they're fresh. Um, they've had, of course, a um, um, an interesting lead-in with um, with their star player out for five weeks. But it never they never missed a beat hardly. They, they, I think they dropped one or two games, but um, that was to be expected. They're fresh. They're fit. Uh, they're ready to go, and they're in the prime prime of their, uh, their roster. Uh, they have to win it this year because they'll lose key players again. Um, I think they will do it, but um, you know, that Cowboys side is a uh, is a good one. Parramatta are capable. They've beaten uh, Penrith twice this year, and South Sydney are coming good. Now, South Sydney, when you look at them, the big plus for them uh, that they didn't have last year was Latrell Mitchell, mm. but double the plus. He mm. kicked 12 out of 12 in the final series. He hasn't missed. Black the dot too, Zorb. Yeah, loves the big stage, doesn't he? <laughs> 100%. 11 yeah. from 11 uh, in conversions and one penalty uh, kick last night. So he's 12 out of 12. Amazing stuff. Mm. And 65% of those kicks have been from the sideline. Yeah, no, he's loving the big stage. And we've seen that's been a common theme through this final series so far. We go back to, to week one and Nathan Cleary's return. was He was super against uh, Parramatta. But Mitchell Moses stepped up on Friday night and had, I think, easily his best finals game. And um, the big stage, he wasn't frightened of it Friday night at all, Zorb. No, he was good. Mm. But um, Canberra were poor. Let's not get carried away with that Parramatta victory. Um, Canberra were as weak as I've seen them all year uh, in the game that mattered on Friday night. They didn't come prepared to play. They looked as though they hopped off the bus and ran straight out and really weren't uh, in the hunt in that game. Uh, Penasini scored in the seventh minute. Opacek in the 15th minute. Uh, Walker Blake in the uh, 20th minute. So it was all over mm. at 16-0 after just uh, 20 minutes of the game. 
What about Sharks, Zorb? If, if you say Canberra didn't come ready to play, do you think Cronulla could be categorised the same? Looked like they've overachieved, Bulldog. They um, they they looked flat um, on, uh, on last night, and it was probably the result of that extra time game against the Cowboys. They lost it when they shouldn't have lost it. Um, maybe it, it got them in the um, in the uh, wrong frame of mind to have such a big game, but uh, they were flat and uh, they didn't come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's their first time in the um, in the uh, finals for a year or two, and. And uh, they'll learn from that. But, yeah, very disappointing. Their defence, which has been the cornerstone of what they've done this year, was way off against a, a South Sydney side that um, their stars are playing well. Mm. And that's why you've got to give them a chance in every game they play. With um, with Walker and, um, and, and, and Mitchell running right, then um, they're capable of anything. 38-12 to 12 is a big win in a game like that. And they'll give themselves a chance against Penrith, they won't be overawed. No, exactly. Hey, so we'll come to the prelim finals in a sec, but I'm interested in your thoughts on the World Cups just a month away and the Australian men's Prime Minister's 13's been selected, a, an important selection guide for the World Cup in October. So, Well, for the life of me, I can't understand why this game's not in Papua New Guinea, where it does so much goodwill for the game of rugby league and Rugby League is a religion in um, in Papua New Guinea. It's going to be held at Suncorp on a big weekend of football next weekend. But mm. um, the Australian side, the PM side, I, I, it's really there's probably a half a dozen players that will make the World Cup side. Uh, maybe in the side, Burton, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, um, uh, Ado Carr, Malahu, yeah. uh, Ben Hunt, Thomas Flegler, Chris Crichton, but uh, the rest of them. Yeah, some of them are lucky to make their club side, let alone the um, the prime minister side. But um, I, I I can't see why this game is not being played in uh, Papua New Guinea where it normally is. I've covered two games up there. <coughs> excuse me, Zorb of PMV love that, PNG yeah. up there in uh, Kokopo, um, East New England. Absolutely one of the two greatest experiences I've had really? in my yeah. journalism. Yeah. Absolutely privileged to be there. Zorb, um, the manly drama, what's bubbling along in the background? Do we know any more whether Des will be there next year, 24? Where do you see things at at this moment? Bulldog, I, I, I'm probably going to go the other way uh, to what the general opinion is over at Manly. I am disappointed this week. Um, Tommy Turbo, their star player, the Daly M player of the year, I'm not liking the fact that he's involving himself in um, in club politics. He should concentrate on giving value for money on the field. Uh, a few seasons back, um, Jake and Tom came out heavily in support of uh, their then coach, Trent Barrett, in his messy coaching department at Manly, and he's currently open, openly supporting his embattled coach, Des Hasler, which is his right, I know, but I really think players should stick themselves in something like this, and... Um, Yes, trying to get an extension to his deal beyond 2023 and the club saying no to it at the moment. In effect, Turbo's telling his bosses he doesn't agree with the current standoff despite them paying him $1.2 million for his seven games this season. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy's being sucked into a manager versus club dispute. His manager, George Minus, is Hasler's manager. Funny about that, indeed. Manly's coaches, there's Hasler, Michael Monaghan and Chad Randall are all, all with SFX and Mimus. Now, Mimus, as you all know, is one of the best managers in Australian sport. And he's controlling a lot of support 
via the media and his contacts there for his clients. Like Manly, Manly supporters, I'm watching for changes to a poorly performed football department, but so far the silence is deafening over there. Mm. It's a mess here. Righto, Zorbert's cut to the chase. Next Friday night, North Queensland take on Parramatta. Early betting has the Cowboys at seventy head-to-head, the Eels at two fifteen. Then Saturday night, Penrith take on South. So head-to-head, $1.35 the Panthers, three twenty-five South Sydney. How do you see these prelims, Zorb? I, I like what I saw about Parramatta um, on, uh, on Friday night, that win against Canberra, but... They're stepping up in, in class in this game. Um, a week's rest for uh, uh, for the Cowboys. I like the way Parramatta are approaching the game. Very professional, and congratulations to their coach, Brad Arthur, for getting them uh, one game away from the grand final. Maybe they'll get in the grand final again. But I'm going to go for the Cowboys at home with that big crowd advantage. And quite frankly, um, it's, it's, it's tough for Parra to have to go there and play this game. But um, if they're good enough, they'll win it. But Cowboys for mine, the closed one. And Penrith and South? I'm going to go for Penrith because I think they're going to win the comp, and I, I've said that all along. But South Sydney will give them a heck of a run mm. for their money, and, uh, and I, I can't wait for that game as well. I think out of the referees so far, I like Grant Atkins to have the, uh, the grand final. Over in England, it will be... Leeds, who have come from fifth, that'll play St Helens. So Leeds coached by Rowan Smith, the son of Brian Smith. Yep. He was the North. He was the North coach, uh, North in Brisbane coach for the Hugh Cup last year. He's only been in England for eighteen games. They've won thirteen. They've won their last nine out of ten, um, and he'll be up against uh, the the coach that. Um, who's coming back to Australia, Christian Wolf. It'll be his last game for uh, St Helens. Um, he's coming back to be understudy to um, to Wayne Bennett at the uh, at the new club at Redcliffe. So um, that's going to be interesting. And um, Rowan Smith, I reckon, a couple of years' time, be back in the NRL coaching and NRL side. Fair enough. Hey, Zorb, no footy today. What are you going to do? That could be a talk topic. Uh, there's there is footy. Don't say there's no footy. What, what's on today? Oh, big games today. Mm-hmm. The three, the triple headers of the um, NRL women's. We can't forget Gee, them. Get on, Broncos on the page, right? Yeah. This is all at Central Coast Stadium, kicking off at twelve o'clock. I like the Broncos to win that one. Their favourites on TAB Sports Bet on um, one dollar thirty-two. Dollar uh, thirty-two for them. The Roosters thirteen plus for me on the tab. It's um, it's the Roosters a dollar twenty-five. And in the remaining game, should be a beauty, this one. Mm. Dragons and the Knights, Knights 1-12. to 12, And uh, they are the outside, they are the favourites at $1.85. Terrific. Hey, Zorb, appreciate your thoughts always on a Sunday morning and can't wait for these prelims next Friday and Saturday night. Okay, Raymond, good on Zorb. you, Bulldog. Talk to you later. Good on you, mate. There's Peter Peters talking all things... NRL. Dino, some more um, sporting brushes with fame coming through. I like that one about Sir Garfield Sobers. Yeah, from Bob out there at Tamworth. Hey, Ray and Bulldog, I was driving a cab and picked up Sir Garfield Sobers. Wouldn't that be an incredible honour, Ray? He'd been to the races a couple of days earlier and needed to cash a winning ticket. So he drove him to Kent Street and walked him to the tote. And Nev from Maitland asks the question, Bulldog, are South missing Adam Reynolds? Mm. 
have to say no at the moment. He played well, that young kid. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a loaded question, the, though. He's grown in that yeah, number seven. It's right? a loaded question. They've looked, certainly they missed Adam yeah, Reynolds. Ilias, he's a, Lachlan yeah. Ilias. And Lachlan has grown as the years uh, has gone on. You know, it was a big, big ass to throw him into that spot after a legend like Reynolds decided to leave. Mm. But certainly at this very point in time, Ilias is now one game from a grand final in what would be an extraordinary story yeah. if he could lead his bunnies into the decider. Exactly. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. James Cummings is about to tee off, so we better not hold him up, Dino. James, good morning. G'day, Ray. How are you? Yeah, terrific. Where, where about, say, at the lakes? Or? Oh, I'm at, uh, at Mascot. Oh. Uh, it's a cracking day. Yes. Eh? And, uh, you know, everyone's got to have something to take their mind off what they do throughout the week. And uh, I'm hoping that I can somehow get a good round in today, despite everything that's going on, and uh, and, and despite all these... Sh- you know, every time my horses win, the... <laughs> The, the committee think that it's fair to take shots off my handicap. I don't think that's not fair. I've <laughs> got, got into par fours with a four-iron with no shot on the hole. They're kidding, aren't they? They've got your peg, James, yeah. <laughs> well, look, you're probably taking your mind off a lot of things yesterday, but obviously the, the question everyone wants to know is how is Animo, given the stewards' report, did mention he was three out of five lame, and uh, have you had a chance to check on, on the great horse this morning? Yeah, I've, 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 uh, I've, I've looked at him a lot all yesterday afternoon, and uh, it's great that they can, uh, you know, we've got great, great veterinary care straight onto him at the races, which is, uh, which is good for not only him, but all of the all horses that race. So he was, he was examined thoroughly before he got on the float back to Oswald Park. He actually vetted him three times. And right. A couple of to- a couple of those times he thought he was fine, and then the third time he just thought he was a- he was um, he he gave Mark Van Gessel that assessment uh, that he was lame. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news was that when he got back to Osborne Park, he did he he was he w- he'd improved a lot from that three grades out of five lameness that was determined by the club vet, mm-hmm. Dr. Trevor Robson's been vetting horses for for Darley for a hundred years, and uh, and he he thought he was he was about a grade lame back at the farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they're just going through their rounds at the moment, and uh, and they haven't quite got to him. They'll just go right over him, but they'll give him the best of care, and his his health will come first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but the good news is so far he's improved a lot on that initial assessment that was published last night by the stewards. Uh, fingers crossed, we can see him again in spring. Because I, I said to my co-host Dean Ritchie, Animo is an awesome side in full flight. Flight as we saw yesterday, James, and the crowd responds when they see great horses, as we saw with first the Animo and then Nature Strip in successive races yesterday. Yeah, they're they're great. They're just great horses, aren't they? And mm. uh, and, it, and it's uh, had a bit of it had a bit of a buzz about it around it yesterday. Yeah. There was nowhere to hide. All the races were, you know, from from the midway from the halfway point onwards, with such strong races, um, and uh, and it was and it was quite, um, you know, it was quite it was quite pleasing for us that we could turn up with horses that were not only competitive but we walked away with three winners on the day and uh, uh, had Ramwick and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a massive haul at Caulfield as well so um, I sometimes tell my truck work riders don't let this horse go a little too good a little too soon and I woke up this morning hopeful that I haven't put myself in the same position in the lead up to the spring carnival <laughs> yeah. but that's uh, but that's uh, uh, that, that's um, that's amazing, the day that Godolphin had yesterday, and Eight it's a winners. wonderful, wonderful yeah. reflection to the whole team. Eight winners across the board, four in stakes races. Um, I know it's only early in spring, but that must give you and the stable a lot of confidence. You've got some really talented equine firepower to take on these bigger races coming up. 
yeah, it gives us a lot of confidence and it speaks to the whole team that we've got, um, to the various sites around the country that uh, are pouring their best efforts in. I mean, you take our absolute figurehead horse at the moment, Animo, there's a, there's, a, there's a wonderful example of that. He was conceived by being by a street boss out of Animato at Northwood Park. He was foaled down at Woodlands uh, across the border. Then he, was, then he was broken in at Kelvinside, sent into Crown Lodge. Mm. Uh, so, you know, Victoria Appleby's Nassim Dilmi, they've managed his early, the early part of his education, then sent down to Carbine Lodge, and he's since been racing, flipping between Carbine Lodge and Osborne Park um, in, his, in his preparations since then. And, uh, and you know, that, that speaks to the... You know, we, I, we, we talk about the team when we have success and how, you know, great credit needs to go to them, but isn't that interesting, that, mm. that horse's journey in his, in his career so far, um, for a champion horse to have been sort of had the, had the finger, fingerprints of all of our teams on him. Uh, it's really wonderful, uh, but it's uh, but it's so important to be able to get the results that we got yesterday yeah. and the big build-ups into those, um, into those campaigns. It all comes from all the groundwork that's done by the staff who have a great passion for the horses. Uh, James, it may be a difficult question to answer, but is Animo the best horse you have trained? Well, I don't really like comparing them, and I haven't ever quite sat back and... And, and and done that, um, but but he, he look he is a he is a he is a wonderful horse mm-hmm. and uh, a very a very rare horse and we've been lucky enough to have um, plenty plenty of good horses through our hands so far um, in what has been you know it takes a village to run a stable doesn't it you know I had uh, like last Saturday I had my twelve twelve hundredth winner as a horse trainer since I got my license in two thousand and thirteen and. I've got people with me now that were with me then, and uh, you know that's that's uh, that's re- that's a really um, I think that's a really vital part of the success of any stable mm. is the the people that the people that help me run it, and uh, and so when I think about who the best horses or you know the fastest horses or the toughest horses, you know there's you know, these horses have different characteristics you can measure them differently. So I don't really like comparing them so much, but I do know that he's a he's a rare animal and. Mm. For the for the sake of Darley, he's a, he's a stallion prospect, so his future his future extends well beyond the racetrack, and uh, and it has the capacity to impact all our lives in the next twenty years, which is one of the great things about horse racing, and it's wonderful to train for breeders who who don't just who don't just breed to race, they actually they actually race to breed, yeah, yeah. and it and it and it and it and it continues on, and it cr- provides a great hobby in the. And, the, and perhaps the reason for the passion that His Highness Sheikh Mohammed has for racing his horses all around the world. It's a really good point that for the next 20 years, Touchwood Animo is going to be impacting your lives, all going well, either on the racetrack, obviously, and then in time at study. So exciting. Speaking of exciting, James, the stable, as you said, had a terrific day yesterday. Four winners at Caulfield, including Aft Cabin in the, the Guineas Prelude. He's a serious colt. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful horse, and He's by, he's by an interesting horse. He's by a homegrown stallion at Dahlia Stern, who is really on the march now. Uh, we're going to run Golden Mile in the Golden Rose next Saturday, uh, who was a dominant winner of the Ming Dynasty, and he's putting his, he's putting his name on the map. Uh, but after Cabin, you know, Golden Mile's work rider was sharing a conversation with me yesterday morning about, you know, where I thought they lined up. And uh, and I don't want to get too, too, too uh, specific into con- comparing horses, but... but uh, after Cabin's got something about him, he's got a wonderful economy of action. 
he's 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 class. He's got a classy look to him, and and uh, and he's a really he's a really good looking horse who um, who's you know hasn't seen a ceiling yet, and I think that the win yesterday puts him well and truly into the category of being the horse to beat for the Caulfield Guineas in three weeks, and uh, and that's and that's exciting being a. Being a son, being a son of a Stern, who's um, who's you know who was a dominant Golden Rose winner and probably would have been hard to beat in a Caulfield Guineas had he had he lined up in it. So yeah. um, that's uh, that's that's good for business and uh, and it's a, and it's exciting to have a horse like Aft Cabin in his first preparation doing these do, you know putting up these sorts of performances with a promise of more to come. And just finally, James, you mentioned Golden Mile. The early betting for the Golden Rose has, um, in secret, your affiliate three fifty Golden Mile at five dollars. Is that about right? Uh, <laughs> do the do they do the blokes at the TAB still work on weekends? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe the price they put up some of those horses. Yet yeah. when I when I got to the enclosure, Allegron was twenty to one. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. That Derby form's held up, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure so, has. Yeah. I mean, and there were there were yeah those. Allegron and Benno, they were there fighting it out the first three placings in the AJC Derby, and there they were again in the in the Kingston Town yesterday. So uh, it's, it sure has held up that Derby form. And uh, look, it's you know it's good it's good to be in the mix with those those horses. But um, but as far as the you know as, as far as your question goes about the Golden Rose, look, the filly comes from a much stronger form race in the Run to the Rose, and each and each and every year that's the that tends to be the race. It it, um, it will be interesting to see just how much he enjoys stepping to seven furlongs. But one thing you know is the Colt Golden Mile. He's already there at, at 1400 metres and been very, very strong at the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and be, you know, it'll be it'll be a great it'll be a great clash between those two. And it'll be great to see them come up against some of the other opposition that are that are milling around there. The Jackano who defeated Aft Cabin and the yep. McNeil. And and, uh, and there's you know there's there's look there's there's good you know my my father's horse. She's extreme. Was yeah, it was very good on a biased track first up at Randwick two weeks ago. So that'll be it'll be very it'll be very good racing. And uh, and that's not to mention even the best of Bordeaux second place getter in the Slipper, whose whose run was was much better last time in the Run to the Rose. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great race. Hey, look, James, we've taken up too much time. I dare say your group's waiting to tee off. So hope you hit them well today. And congratulations on a fantastic day for the stable yesterday, and indeed the start of the spring so far for Godolphin. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, James. James. Yes, James Cummings, talking all things Godolphin. They are flying, Dino. Talking all the overnight action. Into your way with the Premiership. Can she hang on? Yes, she has. The dream comes true. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Well, Dino, at Randwick yesterday, in the space of about 40 minutes, went from Animo winning the George Main into Nature Strip winning the shorts. Randwick was, there was an electric atmosphere there. Trainer Chris Waller is on the line. Chris, good morning. And it was one of those days at the races you don't forget when you see champions like Nature Strip and Animo perform so well. Yeah, it was great performance. Um, Animo, he was, he was breathtaking. And then, yeah, the pressure was on Nature Strip <laughs> to make sure he, he showed what he's made of. And he certainly doesn't, didn't disappoint and, the satisfying thing for me is the way he did it. He just settled back, and I think everybody was waiting was, can he do it? Can he mm. lift? And uh, he surely did. No, he was great to watch, and we were talking Richard Callender earlier, probably the nature strip of two years ago. One said Wado crossed him, might have got over racing, might have 
beaten himself, but he's a complete racehorse these days, it seems now. Chris? Very much so, and the horse has gained confidence from it. Mm. I know he's well into his age now of, of a racehorse, but yeah, that confidence that he's, that he's gained really has helped him enjoy his racing better and, and just save a little bit in the tank ready for that final burst, which instead of breaking their hearts and sometimes his own, he can now do it the right way. And and uh, it's a much easier horse to, 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 to get to recover from the race as well because um, he actually came away from the race with, with a pretty, well, I won't say easy effort, but he came away from the race with a bit left in store. Mm, which is what you want, yeah. So have you had a think about overnight? Yesterday you were thinking maybe a jump out between now and the Everest or a barrier trial. Have you progressed that thought yeah, process much? No, I haven't, but yeah. we normally just do a jump out. So yeah. he, he would have to jump out with two stable mates, try and find the fastest ones we can. Mm. That need that need a workout at a similar time and, and um, yeah, just do all the little things right and make sure he's in order because he races so well fresh. Yeah, he was fantastic. And your decision with Zoo got you to miss the furious stakes was calculated and it paid off yesterday. She responded really well under pressure when your stable mate, uh, Madame Pomery, probably put her head in front of her in the T-Rose, but there's something about Zoo Gotcha, Chris. She's a very, very promising filly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the Zoo stars are doing a, a great job, and he himself um, went to Queensland and, and raced it too and came back at just a different horse at three. So mm. I guess we took a little bit of confidence from that and, and why we did it, and... Um, when they go to Queensland, it's like they've it's like they've in the middle of the prep. Like she would have had two weeks off, mm. so they don't really get a lot of time to put on weight and and strengthen up. So we've we've kept that in mind, and hence the reason why she was so good first up, and then didn't need the run between first up and and yesterday it was a four week gap. So it worked well, and that puts her right on song for the white stakes in two weeks. Exactly, and I think the runs of Hinged, who finished third, and Fangirl fifth in the George Main, has them right on song for the Epsom in two weeks. Yeah, Chris. Fangirl's a little bit disappointing, of course, but um, we're not too concerned as she'll drop considerably in weight. Mm. Maybe we'll ride her a little quieter and hope for hope for a, a slightly better track. I think that's the key to her, and Hinged was fantastic. Um, had to do the work up in front, but she was still there, only beaten by Anima and one other in the shadows of the post, basically. So she was still rallying late. So it's probably the the, the, um, the leaning now is probably to, more towards Hinge than Fangirl, but we'll certainly be doing everything to get Fangirl to bounce back. Uh, Chris, I understand your alarm goes off at 2.58 <laughs> every morning. You've got so many commitments, so much scrutiny, so much pressure. H- how do you squeeze it all in and, and how do you cope? Um, well... I've got a, a set timetable that I use and try and stick to it and know what jobs I have to do at certain times of the day. But if you get behind schedule, uh, you have to work a bit later at night. So obviously um, delegation is, is, is something that we do. We've got a lot of horses, so we trust so many people in the system and and just get reports from them um, every hour of the day, basically including this morning, seeing what horses have temperatures, what horses have left feed and what horses have pulled up well and movements and likes of um, some of the horses that raced yesterday will go to the farm for two or three days to recover and yeah, just 
just trying to be consistent and try and keep a similar routine is the key, I think. If you uh, start doing extra things that you don't have time for, you're, you're out of whack pretty quickly. I know you don't have a lot of it, Chris, but your spare time, what, what do you do? I mean, everyone has to get away from their profession. You've got to try to divorce yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you, you, you get mentally drained. Get yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't get a lot of time for I don't get any time for golf or anything like that. I never have. But I'll, I'll, I'll watch the games of footy. I'll watch the, the Swans last night. I watched um, Souths. I watched um, Parramatta the night before. And I enjoy good sport. Um, and at this time of year, it's been amazing the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And on a Sunday, I, I have a sleep in, um, just get on to my emails and, and check everything's okay at the stables. And Sunday's family time, trying to either go out for lunch or cook a barbie or something like that. So pretty, I'm a pretty normal person. Oh, the footy has been great. The racing's been great. And um well, Chris, it was great to see Nature Strip back, winning in such dominant form yesterday. Thanks for joining us this morning. Try and enjoy a, a rare Sunday and um, turn the phone off from those bloody media Thanks. blokes. <laughs> <laughs> like Ray's a pest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thank- uh, we're, we're very lucky to have the media that we've got in Australia. It's, it's second to none, and it's a big, big part of our sport. So we all really appreciate it. No, th- thanks so much, Chris. And uh, again, congratulations on yesterday, and enjoy your Sunday. Thank you very much. There's Chris Wall talking Nature Strip, and he was awesome. For our quiz, call now on the League Super Quiz on 1353.53. That's 1353.53 for the League Super Quiz. Dana, what's the score? 24-17. I'm in front. It's 24-17, according to Wayne. good thing. You're looking strong. You've been in front all year. How many weeks to go? Off we go through to December. 8, 10, 10. I've still got plenty of time, Ray. Don't you're not, get you're not giving up, me. my friend. You're not giving up. I've just sensed a bit of cockiness in you today. Uh, just a little bit of. Uh, don't know about that. <laughs> just a little bit of. Uh, I'm inferior when it comes to the quiz. I'm a half full glass bloke with most things, except when it comes to punting and that sort of thing. I'm always a bit negative like that. I love this yeah. uh, text from Rooster Man. I could listen to James Cummings all day. The care he has for his horses, not only that, but for his whole team, and acknowledges uh, it. You actually feel it's mm. real. Yeah. He certainly does have a, uh, a passion, James Cummings, doesn't he, right? Yeah, no, you, most trainers like that. They they love their horse. That's why they do it, Dino, because it's, it's such a demanding job time-wise. Um, it's primarily because they love their horses. This is from Henry at the Bay. Good morning, gentlemen. Go the bunnies, go, and go the swans too, he says. He also met Muhammad Ali, Dino, at the Rose Hill races. That was at the time when Muhammad Ali came to Sydney for the 2000 Olympics. Outside one of the corporate suites at the races, he was lining up to put a bet on. He was in front of me with some um, blow-in named Juan Antonio Samaranch. Remember him? Blow-in. <laughs> and he was also lucky enough to play in a pro-am with Greg Norman when he was 17 years old at the Australian Club. Gee, that's a double whammy. Pretty hard to beat there, Henry. <laughs> and I like this one too. Ray, this is from Steve saying, Good morning, team. I once had the privilege of playing the exhibition match with Tony Gregg. A better bloke you would not meet. Uh, he asked me, well, he said I could ask him anything I wanted except the relationship with the chapels. <laughs> the relationship did appear to improve over the years, and it, I believe they were quite close at the time of Tony's death. Did. Hey, Dino, Tanya's in studio for the coin toss. Heads, Tanya. Heads it is, my friend. Heads it is. I will go second, right? Oh. I'll let you. You're just changing up a bit. Yep. You've changed I'll the bowler. I'll let you go first. So I'm going with John. John, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are you going? Terrific. John, more importantly, how are you feeling? Confident? Uh, 
Yeah, very confident. Yep, yep. Okay, here we go. Best of luck, John. We're playing for a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab. John, who scored the only try for Canberra in Friday night semi-final at Combank Stadium? Um, not too sure on that one. Uh, you want to have a guess there? Who scored Canberra's only try on Friday night? No, it's okay. All right. It was Xavier Savage. That was a brilliant try, too. He's, he's a gun player, that young kid. We need this one, John. Question number two, it's multiple choice. Who has kicked the most field goals in this NRL season? A, Nico Hines, B, Daly Cherry Evans, or C, Sean Johnson? Um, I'll go for um, Sean Johnston. It's actually Nico Hines with four. Okay. We, we need this one, uh, John. Question number three, multiple choice. What year did Parramatta last appear in a preliminary final? The answer is A, 2007, B, 2008, C, 2009. Uh, 2007. Oh, it was 2009. They went all the way to the GF, unfortunately, to lose... John, zero out of three. We're not quite out of it yet, John, so stay on the line. Over to you, Dino. Sam, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. John has bombed, as has Ray. Zero from through, and it won. You're putting the pressure on to Paul win it, Sam. Sam. You're putting the pressure uh, on him. Be easy, I should, uh, yeah. All right, now, <laughs> as I said, if we're going bad, listen very carefully, Sam. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <clears throat> listen right. very carefully, Sam, yeah, exactly. Sam, who scored the first try for Cronulla? In last night's semi-final at Allianz Stadium, the first oh, try. Britain Lacora. Oh, too easy. One from one, and we have we got a winner. A winner. We got a winner. Um, Sam, congratulations, Sam. A one hundred dollar cash card, courtesy of Tab, is coming your way. Congratulations, Sam. Thank you very much. Who's your team, Sam? Uh, the Body Hills. Mighty eels here. So you reckon, flying, they can, you reckon they can win in? Flying. Reckon they can win up there in Tamworth uh, in Townsville? Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they can do Penrith again in the Grand GF. Stay positive, Sam. Yep. This drought's got to end at some point. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> Have you followed them all your life? Uh, yeah. So you've um, been through a lot of pain. Went to the O one Grand Final and they lost. I left. Just after half time. Oh, that's right. It was about 24 oh, yeah, nil, wasn't right. it? Yeah, and then they fought back. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, terrific, Sam. Congratulations. $100 cash card courtesy of Tab going away. Stay on the line, Sam, because Tanya will um, take your details and get that cash card out to you ASAP. 2418, Dino. That's it. I'm hanging in, Ray. Tell, and this is from Shane from Butterham. Tell Tanya not to worry. It's just like Ray in the quiz. Parramatta are home. He's gone the early crow. Uh-oh. He's gone the early crow. Mitch from Canberra says, Morning, boys. As a 10-year-old shark supporter living in Canberra, I'll never forget seeing David Peachy. Oh, there you the go. great yeah. David Peachy at a local game. I got out my footy cards and he signed one. He's an absolute legend. Certainly was. Peach, terrific player. Okay, it's time for today's life lesson. And now, Jerry Daffy's Life Lesson. Hey, Jared, good morning. What words of wisdom have you got for us today, mate? Good morning to you both. Right. Nothing on my win in the quiz, Jared. You seem to uh, gloss over that pretty quickly when I have a win. Uh, could you quick have picked to an jump on me question? when I lose. Could you have picked an easier question? I had nothing. To, in <laughs> fact, it was Tanya who did it. It was. Mm. Who was Ray's wife. So I think that would clear me of any 
unsavoury behaviour. Mm. The coin toss sort of sounded legit today. <laughs> no, legit. no producer Steve. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, right. If croutons are stale bread, why do they come in airtight packages? Very good. It's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, you know, because you don't like stale bread, but you like croutons in your soup and yeah. those sort of things, eh? It is strange. It's a bizarre thing. Just before we get into our odds, um, Rooster Man's just chimed in. Ray's just done the Aaron Finch of the quiz. Another duck. Another one. Another duck. <laughs> I think if you get it's naught from three, Finch. Yeah. Naught from three in the quiz, you should be deducted a point, I reckon. <laughs> Probably. Hey, um... Jared, we're down to the business end of the footy cage. We'll go to the NRL first. Our prelim finals have been decided on Friday night in Townsville, North Queensland, take on Parramatta. Saturday night at a core stadium, Penrith versus South. We opened the Cowboys-Parramatta one as soon as we knew who was playing who, and oddly enough, there's been no movement in the market. So North Queensland opened at 170. They're still 170. Parramatta at 2.15, a line of two and a half points. And obviously last night we uh, opened up Penrith v South. And again, no movement, no early movement anyway. Penrith at $1.35, South at three, 3.25, line of nine and a half points. I, I think we're going to see some bunny supporters at that 3.25 mm. there. Mm. And uh, to win the whole show, Penrith at $1.80. South, second favourites now at 5.50. North Queensland, six. And Parramatta, six. Jared, uh Grand final betting in the AFL mm. and Brownlow Middle. That was an amazing game last yeah, night. I heard you talking about it earlier, Ray. But um, I mean, you're, you're like me. You'd be old enough. Remember when Lockett kicked that penalty? Uh, kicked uh, the, behind to win by a point against Essendon. To, to win mm. by a point, yeah. Mm. And I mean. Ever since I was born, I've just hated Collingwood, but it's it sort of changed now um, with the new coach and the new regime. Now, I was actually hoping they'd win last night. I felt a bit sorry for well, just a little bit sorry for them at the finish, but they're not there. Geelong and City. Now, we've had a move already. Uh, we put Geelong up at 160. That lasted a millisecond. Uh, they're into $1.55 now. The Swans are $2.50. We've got a line of 10.5 points. Uh, heaps and heaps of markets already open on that, as there will be throughout the week, including the Norm Smith Medal. And speaking of medals, uh, tonight, Brownlow, yeah. not tomorrow night, mm. tonight the Brownlow Medal. And we've got half a dozen players that have cleared out from the rest. Lockie Neal, the favourite from the Brisbane Lions, he's won it before. He's the $3 favourite. Clayton Oliver Melbourne at three seventy-five. Paddy Cripps Carlton at 5 Andrew Brayshaw from the Dockers at 9 Tuke Miller from the Gold Coast at 10 That might surprise a few, but he was in front in a lot of the awards in Victoria. And Christian Petrarca uh, from Melbourne at $12. The rest are 67 or better. And there are oodles of markets open on that Brownlow medal tonight. Mm. Uh, all sorts of exotic bets as well, Ray. Hey, Jerry, I know you love your AFL. Who wins the Brownlow and who wins the GF? I think I think Lockie Neal will win the Brownlow. He's had a terrific year. Uh, but I was reading some stats yesterday about Patrick Cripps, particularly earlier in the year. Um, but I, he, he's just a ball magnet, Neal, and they won a lot of games. So I think he'll win. Uh, as far, did you ask me the Premiership? Yeah, GF, yep. Oh, Geelong will win. Okay, yeah, all right. I think they'll win. Fair enough. Jared, EPL? Yeah, a couple of matches tonight, uh, Dean. Uh, 9 o'clock, so an earlier start than normal on a Sunday night. Brentford, four seventy-five, Draw $4. Arsenal, $1.70. And that will be followed by Everton v West Ham and Everton, $2.90. Uh, we've got a draw there at three twenty and West Ham at two fifty. Obviously, we've had some matches uh, cancelled uh, throughout the weekend for obvious reasons. And we won't have any other EPL action until next weekend. This will be a good hmm. one. 9.30 next Saturday night. Arsenal, two ten. Draw three forty and Tottenham three twenty. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, um, Jared, we just 
we were just speaking to Chris while before we had you on, and Nature Strips pulled up well, and he was awesome yesterday. I oh, dare say he's firmed in Everest betting. Yeah, well, he was 280. He's into 210 now. Wow. And, and just knowing that horse's popularity, you, you, he's sort of like Black Caviar or Winks. Now, you speak mm. to non-racing people, they used to know who that those uh, those mares were. Everybody knows Black uh, Nature Strip. He's 210. Lost and running. The tab slot holder, quite a good run, good Ray. Run. Mm. Second favourite now at seven. Eduardo out to 13, along with Marzu over pass and the rest of 15 or better. But uh, we're expecting an avalanche for Nature Strip in the next couple of weeks. It's a good point you raised, Jared, because I was talking to Greg Radley last night, and Greg noticed it as well. When the Animo came in the yard, it was just an electric atmosphere. When the feel for the shorts, walked into the mounting yard... There's four or five horses that we're so used to seeing now. Nature Strip's at the top of the pile. Eduardo's got his fans. So's Lost and Running Mask, yeah. Crusader. There was a massive buzz at Randwick. And when Nature Strip let go, wow. It always used to bemuse me, Ray. You, you would come across this being a, a racing journalist. that You come across people who have been sent to cover a story, say like Black Caviar, and we, we've seen it a few times where a reporter might say, oh, will Black Caviar go around in the Melbourne Cup? Yeah. yeah. That type of thing. They know the name, mm. but they don't know uh, the horse's uh, capabilities. And Nature Strip is the same. I know he's purely a sprinter, as, as was she, but you mentioned the words Nature Strip to the rank-and-file public. They know who Nature Strip is. Correct, yeah. And isn't it a travesty that a horse like a Nature Strip and indeed a Black Caviar can't race in a Grand Slam race, a so-called Grand Slam race? That's why I'm pushing, no one's listening, why I'm pushing for the four-race Grand Slam concept in Australian racing to be expanded, Jared, because our sprinter milers don't get an opportunity to compete. It's wrong. No, they don't, and you know we've seen this in the past in racing, particularly overseas. And they do. There are some things that they do a little bit better than Australia, and there's always been a concentration on that type of thing. I know there's smaller fields, etc. But you know what? The way travel is um, with racing in this day and age, there's no reason at all why that can't happen in Australia. It's got to happen, I think, just so we're more abreast with one, the strengths of Australian racing, and two, just to modernise that well, whole We've got the best slant. horses. Exactly. Well, yeah. our sprinters and milers, our, our, yeah, our strengths, and yet we don't have majors for them. Anyway, I'm rambling on, but Jared, as always, terrific on a Sunday morning, and we'll talk next week. See you, guys. Thanks, Jared. There's Jared Daffy talking all things sporting odds in today's live lesson. Phil Moss is on the line. He's been watching the footy overnight. We're glad to have it back. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, Ray. I've never heard you ramble on, mate. Everything that comes out of your mouth makes Ramble. Unlike, unlike the bloke next year. Ramble. <laughs> don't know about that. Hey, um, Mossy, the footy was back, obviously, overnight, but um, because of that pause for the Queen's funeral, a few games still postponed, but plenty of action, plenty of goals scored. Yeah, there were. We won't, we won't see Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, Leeds, Brighton and Crystal Palace in action this weekend, but overnight, um, some fantastic football, as you said, some great goals, some wonderful headlines. Um, Manchester City's uh, Erling Ireland, um, central to those headlines, again, with his 14th goal in 10 games in all competitions. First player ever in the Premier League era to score in all four of the club's first away games of the season. Manchester City looking ominous. Uh, they haven't lost in 22 away games, um, and they look really hungry now to go on and, and win that title. And they've just claimed top spot overnight, although Arsenal have a game in hand against Brentford tonight that they can go back top of the table uh, should they win that. But um, just some wonderful goals. And the other headline really was Spurs. Um, they, they really put um, they they put uh, Leicester to the sword overnight, 6-2. to two. And um, Hume Min Song was benched for this 
one. But the way Antonio Conte managed him, I think, deserves a lot of plaudits because he said he's, he's not being dropped because he's mm. a poor player. He's um, I'm resting him on the bench and I'm going to bring him on fresh. And he, he repaid that faith with a hat-trick uh, between the 73rd and 86th minutes. And two of those goals, his first two goals, were just world-class outside the area. One with the right foot, one with the left foot. And... Um, it certainly uh, showed the quality of the player. Now, Villa had a win, Mossy, which obviously eases pressure on Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, it does, Bulldog. He's, he's been under the pump a little bit, Stevie G, and um, you know they, they came out here in the pre-season and, um, and we saw the quality, um, not just uh, that he's got at his disposal, but, but of his uh, management in, in the early stages of his career. But um, it certainly hasn't been easy going for Stevie G. The, that uh, win over Southampton, a Ramsey goal in the 41st minute uh, lifted them up to 14th. So um, that'll be a, a real confidence booster. Southampton, a tricky side, um, but they uh, they got over them at home, which is uh, which is good news for him. Another another result that's really interesting overnight is Bournemouth um, mm. grabbing a point, Ray and Bulldog over in Newcastle um, at Newcastle. Now you'll remember Scott Parker was sacked. Uh, after four games, and the interim manager, Gary O'Neill, who was on the staff, um, has led them to uh, two draws and a win since he took over. Just to ease the pressure, they're up to 12th now. You remember Bournemouth, the favourites, uh, by a long way with the bookies to go down uh, and get relegated mm. this season. But there's a lot of talk <clears throat> over the ownership of the club now. It's been under the ownership of Max Demon, um, who's a Russian-born um, English citizen, since 2011, but there's big talk now that uh, another American, Bill Foley, um, whose net worth is 1.79 billion Aussie dollars, uh, and he owns the hockey side Vegas Golden Knights, maybe uh, maybe looking to buy the club for 255 million dollars. So watch Gee, this space. Exactly, Fulham. You, you've tagged them the the quiet achievers. They've snuck into top six. Yeah, they have. They're up to six. They're only two points behind fourth place Brighton, mm. um, who have been the other surprise packet of the season, of course, um, but just just lost their manager, um, who's obviously gone to um, to Chelsea now. But uh, yeah, Fulham uh, they, they beat Forest three two away, um, and they're just going about their manage uh, their, their business under manager Marco Silva, uh, the Portuguese manager, just just. Oh, so quietly, Ray. And mm. uh, this was a this was a big win for them uh, away to Forest. Um, I know Forest were obviously uh, promoted this season, but uh, to go up into sixth spot on eleven points, uh, only a couple behind fourth spot, Brighton is uh, is no mean feat. Yeah, hey, Mossy, just stay with us for our Brisbane listeners. They'll go to past the post now. Um, yeah, as Mossy said, Dino three two Fulham over Notts Forest. Mossy, also want to ask you about the uh, Socceroos just back home. Arnie's taking his boys into camp with that extended squad for the New Zealand series. That's right. Yeah, Arnie left on uh, Friday to, to get into camp up there in Brisbane for the game on Thursday night uh, against New Zealand. And then they go over to Dunedin uh, next weekend and play them again on Sunday. Um, so a great chance for these boys to, to really... Stamp their uh, their passports for a trip to Qatar. Um, he'll be looking at everything that they do on and off the field in the hotel, um, looking for those little edges. Um, but of course, what will matter most when the squad is announced is uh, is form, fitness, um, going into the the major tournament. So um, some debutants uh, announced in this squad: Cam Devlin, Jason Cummings from Central Coast, 
uh, Ryan Strain, who plays over in Scotland, Harrison Delbridge, who we know from the A-League, um, with Melbourne City, who's now playing in, uh, in the K-League in Korea, Keanu Bacchus. But the big headlines were around two players, one who was named and one who wasn't. Um, Garang Qual, uh, who mm-hmm. lit the A-League up with the, the Mariners last season. Uh, he's been named in his first squad. And, uh, and the other one who wasn't named, but the headlines remain around him now because he has found a club, is Tom Rogic, who's uh, signed for West Brom Albion in the championship. Uh, they're in the lower reaches of the championship, so it's a great challenge for Tommy, but uh, great to see him back uh, with, a, with a club and hopefully he can find form and fitness in time to be uh, announced for the squad in uh, Qatar. Now, Mossy, because you had a crack at me when you came on... I'm going to get square. Here we go. I got a text message yesterday from a mate of mine, an old schoolmate, Glenn Evans. Plays golf at Longreef. Said, if Mossy comes on your show, can you ask him about the Longreef Golf Championships yesterday? His last four holes were double, triple, triple, and on the 18th, he took a nine on a par five. I don't even know what they call that. You have crashed, burned, and choked. He's giving you up, isn't he? He's giving you up, Moss. Oh, that's embarrassing, Mossy. You should give up golf. Go do something else. Oh, when I next see Glenn, and his nickname is Trunk, yes. I will be wasting a golf club on him. Okay. okay. <laughs> I had an a nine. Yesterday. Oh, I was playing with my brother, John, and honestly, it was one of those days where you feel like you've never played the game before in your life. Nothing went right, except the birdie on the last hole, but it was the... Uh, it was the eighth because I played the uh, the back nine first, but um, so that'll get me back next week. Hey, Mossy. There's always one shot or one hole that'll get you back. Exactly, next week. we've all been there, done that, Mossy. Don't worry about it. Hey, mate, what we do need though is a bit of luck on the punt. Can you help us with a Mossy's multi for the weekend? Well, I'm going to go with two, Ray, because uh, my form hasn't been brilliant. I have to admit, I've got to put my hand up. Um, so I'm going to go with a two leg multi, um, basic multi overnight, which is Arsenal to get over Brentford and mm-hmm. Everton to beat West Ham uh, at home. Um, so that's paying uh, around about the $5 mark. Yeah, sounds all right. And then I'm going to go a same-game multi um, in the Arsenal game. So Arsenal to win, um, Bakayu Saka to uh, score any time, and over 10 corners. That's paying around the $8 mark. I like it. You know what the punters always say, Mossy? Every time you back a loser, it's one bet closer to your next winner. <laughs> That's my philosophy anyway, so I'm but sticking with tipsters, it. Most tipsters don't talk about their losses. They only talk about their wins. So oh, no. uh, I'm actually going to put my hand up. So I need to pick my game up. Fair enough. Now, I'll back in this weekend. Hey, Mossy, appreciate it. As always, we'll talk next Sunday. Good on you guys. Go Thank sell you. your golf clubs. There's Phil Moss talking <laughs> the world of football. You gave him up there, Dean. But anyway. So there's a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move. Blink and you miss it. He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. <laughs> And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Final hour coming up very shortly. John Cartwright will join us as our legend of league. Tanya with a sports update. Phil Buzz-Roth will be on a little later in this hour to talk all things NRL finals. He was also at the Swannies game last night as well. He did the double, Buzz. He went to the Swans. He did leave a bit early, though. So I think he might have missed the end. Yeah. Because he wanted to see his beloved Sharks in action. He might have wanted to stay in hindsight. Well, 
At least the Swanee's got up for him. Yes, that's it was true. pretty good. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on thirteen fifty three fifty three SMS oh four one nine seven six seven two seven two on anything to do with sport and also our talk topic your brush with sporting fame. Fred from Musselbrook Dino says I once met Bob Fulton and John Raper at Musselbrook races. Fulton was still coaching Manly at the time. After attending the Balmain Tigers Manly game, Bob Fulton invited me into the sheds. Wow, that's Fred from Musselbrook. And Eddie from Macquarie Field says, my brush with sporting fame, Dino, was to travel with Peter Peters and Greg Hartley for two weeks on the 88 World Cup Tour to Eden Park, New Zealand, and then onto the west coast of America, which included an LA Rams NFL game at Candlestick Park. Sounds like a fair, uh, fair little trip, that one. How about that? A few little beverages might have been sunk. <laughs> exactly. And and Michael says, howdy team. Tanya, you sound like my mum. She is Oh, mum's 84. Tanya's not 84. But I know what Michael's trying to say. She, but his mum still goes to the footy, buys a season ticket each year. She gets really nervous, especially this time of year when Penrith play Parramatta. Um, Tanya, grand final is your eels against my mum's Panthers. Lol, cheers for Michael. Wouldn't that be something? And Battle Shane, of the West. Shane from Butterham, right? Mm-hmm. Geelong fans are horrified that Jared has just declared their morals. <laughs> I wouldn't want Jared's tipping weight on my side either way, to be truthful. You wouldn't think so? No. Well, are you, have you got a tip for the AFL Green Files? Uh, well, I don't follow it intently, Ray. I'm too busy covering my rugby league. But from all accounts, the Cats will start clear favourites. Mm. But ha- it's a grand final. Hearts with the Swanee, heads, heads with the Cats, but... Go those Swannies. Our next guest, he's experienced grand final glory and knows what it means to win as a player and as a coach. And we're down to the business end of the NRL season into the prelim finals. And Panthers, great. John Hoskartwright is on the line. John, good morning. Morning, Ray. Morning, dog. Thanks for joining us, mate. I think you're up in Bali, are you? Is that right? Yeah. yeah what, what time is it up right. there, mate? Um, what is it? It's about seven in the morning. We we'll appreciate you getting up and seven joining us. Later, yeah, you no. behaving, Cardi? I've done a marathon by now, mate. <laughs> there you Have you watched both the, the semi-finals, John? Of course, Parramatta on Friday night, 40, defeated Canberra 4. And last night, South Sydney, 38, Cronulla 12. Y- your take on the two games? Um, yeah, I did get most of them. I think it, it was typical of um, you know, the, the big guns just... Just fine-tuning uh, for the big games ahead. I think we saw it at the back end of the year, um, where and you know, being at Brisbane, we're at the we're at the, at the end of a couple of them. Uh, just seem to be fine-tuning their game. Um, I, I would have thought that maybe the Roosters and, and Storm could have progressed a little bit further, but not not meant to be. But I think uh, you know, Penrith and, and South to me are the are the ones that uh, unfortunately they're going to meet next week. Is yeah. that right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think unfortunately for for both their supporters, I think they're they're the two that seem to be fine tuning themselves right at the right end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardi, can you see anybody uh, toppling your former club, the Panthers? I can't, mate. I, I, I can on the day. Um, the, the big thing with South, I think, is if if, Le, if Latrell Mitchell has one of those games that mm-hmm. he just plays out of his skin, I don't think anyone can beat them. I think he's that dominant a player. But Penrith are the best at, at, at nullifying the opposition's best. They're, you know, people talk about uh, their attack and, and you know the amount of weapons they have, but it's just defensively. They they just kick the ball down your end and they make it impossible to get out. 
Mm. Yeah, well, just repeating, North Queensland take on Parramatta Friday night in Townsville, Penrith take on South at the Core Stadium on Saturday night. Um, John, the the Cowboys taking on the Eels up there in Townsville, how much of an advantage, if I can use that word advantage, is that for the Cowboys? Well, I think it'll be uh, big, right? There's, there's enough experience in Parramatta to, you know, to wade their way through it, but Big factor is going to be the heat. Yeah. You know, it does. It'll. It's this time of year. It's you know, winter's gone, and and we're in. You know, you're into thirty degree days and lots of humidity. And those boys have been trained in it for well, probably ten months now. So that that's going to be a huge advantage. Uh, not to mention the town itself. You know, I can imagine it'll be. Well, they're both blue and gold, aren't they? So well, they're both. The, the town's going to be swathed in in uh, cowboys' colours, and it's it's not only that. It's just. You know, we've all been there. It's 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 true blue rugby league town. Mm. You know, there's, there's not one person in the whole region that hasn't going to be isn't going to be cheering for the Cowboys, and it, it does take effect. You know, it, the players lift, and and when they lift and they're playing with confidence, it, it's hard to get over top of them. Cardi Mitch Moses was um, brilliant against the Raiders. We've got Nathan Cleary, Cody Latrell. Who, in your opinion, is the best player in the NRL at the moment? I think consistently, clear he's the best I've seen for, for a fair while. He, wow. Yeah. Defensively, mm-hmm. attack, uh, kicking game, um, you know, in a tight situation, he gets him out of trouble. But, mate, he does it every week, you know, and whenever they're in trouble. And he does have a lot of helpers there, don't get me wrong, but he steers him around, uh, and it's his kicking game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's long kicking game, uh, those, those high balls that he puts up, the ones he, he can get in behind the fullback. And then he's attacking kicks when he gets that fullback up in the line. He's just certainly in the last few years he's become the complete player. Um, but the bloke on his day can blow any apart is, is Mitchell Mitchell. So he, you know, if he does have one of them nights where you know he, he has spiders on him, um, it's very very hard that they're they're going to be very hard to beat South. Yeah, gee, it's going to be one heck of a game there. And of course, same on Saturday night. Think about Cleary. Sometimes forget he's only twenty four. Yeah, he he came in at a young age when the side was struggling. Man, mm-hmm. that you know, while it's hard at the time, gee, it can it can shape you as a player. You, yeah. know, you know, you 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 go through some tough patches, and and uh, you know, both physically and mentally. Like let's face it, you know, the the game now is big blokes running at little blokes, but he he doesn't falter in that area. He's as strong as any sort of middle forward as a defender. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he actually enjoys the challenge of them coming at him. Uh, and he's been through. He went through that in his early part of his career. You know, now he's he's played with these young kids, a lot of them, pretty much his whole life. They're they're, they're lifelong friends, and they're you know they do anything for each other on the field. And I, just watching them, you can just tell they've got something that bonds them that that not every it's hard to get as mm. a team. Uh, Cardi, who would you vote for in the Dally M's for Coach of the Year? Thinking out loud that the two main candidates would be Craig Fitzgibbon and Todd Payton, unless you've got a third person that you believe should be a contender. Yeah, that, that's that's you're right. Those two guys have done fantastic jobs with you know with where their team sat when they came in. Really difficult to do. Uh, yeah, even um, Ivan Cleary's got to be there. It's so yeah. hard to stay at the top, mm. mate. These days, like they've been. I'd say they've probably been more dominant than Melbourne at their peak in the last three years. I think that, if I'm right in saying, they've been minor premiers the last three years. Two of the last three, and they were equal 
the other year, but lost on four and against. Mm. So they've been up there for yeah. three consecutive seasons, John. Yeah, so. And hardly lose a game. You know, mm. I think if you look at the games they've lost. It's, it's ten in three years, Cardi. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's an awful hard thing to do. But having said that, you know, I think the Cowboys to, to come. I think they were second last last year. They, they haven't had a huge change of personnel. They've brought in a couple of uh, uh, the halfback from Cronulla. Uh, so, you know, on strictly improvement, you'd have to go Toddy Payton. But I think, you know, Ivan Cleary will probably get looked over. But that's an enormous feat, what they've been able to do out there at Penrith. Cardi, I know you're on holidays and you probably don't want to talk about it, but I can't let you go with asking about the Broncos. It was a, a good season in terms of where you were to where you came to. Seven wins last year to 13 this year. So you've virtually doubled your wins, but I guess the fact you fell away late leaves a bit of a, a taste in your mouth. Yeah, it does, mate. It's all anyone around us can think about. And to be honest with you, mate, it's all I can think about. Mm. It was, uh, you know, we, we've had sort of some reviews and tried to find out where things went wrong. And, you know, there were little things here and there, mate, but no excuses. You know, we we, we, we covered uh, the loss of players earlier in the year. Um, it was a combination of things. As I said, though, those the, the ones that really hurt, we, we played the Roosters, uh, the Storm and Parramatta and... and they really just beat us all over the park, which which really knocked our confidence around. But again, mate, that's that's they're grown men. They've, they've you know they've played their um, more, they're not they haven't made their debuts. You know we, we we've got to be more seasoned than that. And what it does do, mate, it makes us well, makes me and the coaching group very determined. But I know they're they're a good bunch of fellows. They'll work hard during the preseason. They're going to know where you know we came up short, and we're going to be doing everything in our power to, to make sure it never happens again. I know you enjoy a beer, Cuddy. So what's your drink of choice in Barley? Oh, Bintang, mate. Yeah. <laughs> How many have you had? It's mate, only 7 oh, o'clock. Old. Well, not today. Any <laughs> trip, I mean. Um, oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you when I see you. <laughs> I think you've just answered it, Cuddy. A very clever answer. Uh, <laughs> hey, John, before we let you go, um, just quickly, your thoughts on next week's game, North Queensland, Parramatta at Townsville? I'd get the Cowboys up there. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll be like they've got 15 men on the field up there when that kickoff happens next week. Terrific. And Penrith South at a core stadium? Mm. Mate, I'm a, I'm a torn in this one. I'm a, I'm a Penrith to the bone, but yeah. my son Jed plays with South, so I'm, I'm, mm. I, he's had a torn hamstring over the last four or five weeks. He Hopefully he's available next week, but I, I very much doubt they'd make any changes to a side that's been going so well. But... Uh, Head says Penrith, heart's, heart's saying South. No, understand. Hey, look, John, really appreciate taking our call. Didn't realise you are up in Bali till Dino told me this morning, so thanks so much for getting up and talking to us and have a couple of bin tangs on us today. Will do. They're all <laughs> nice as we speak, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Cardi. <laughs> There's John Cartwright. Um, he's panted to the call. He's still, his heart's still at Penrith, but... Um, will, will your son make the team? They won't change that seven. I would doubt they'd change it. <clears throat> he's had a, <clears throat> excuse me, Ray, he's had a good year. He's a good player, young Jed yeah, Carroll. He's got a yeah. big future. Uh, I would doubt that Jason Demetra would make changes now other than those obviously enforced hmm. through either suspension or injury. But great player, John Carroll. Yeah. He was a terrific great player. Ball played skills. for Australia. Great ball the skills. Blues. Yeah. And um, his contribution to Penrith hmm. in those early to mid-90s should never be underestimated. Yeah, they won the premiership with he was in that premiership side in ninety one and Dino, you know, is it fair to say they were 
heading for another premiership in 92 when the tragedy of Ben Alexander rocked that club and took them years to recover, didn't they? So. Yeah, it was just an incredibly sad time for mm. the whole club and you just don't get over those things exactly. quickly, Ray, and it took Penrith a lot of time. Yeah, I remember living in Penrith at the time, it was horrendous. We'll move on. Plenty of people want to have their say re um, the prelim finals coming up. Sean's on the line. Sean, good morning. Good morning. How are you, both? Terrific, mate. And what do you got for us? Mate, you mentioned earlier in the show about the um, racehorses not named after Group 1 races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I looked at the, the, the Group 1 list here. There's, there's 60 Group 1 races in, in Australia each year. They, they covers all, all state. Mm-hmm. Um, out of that, there's, I think, six or seven named after horses. That's got, what, about 10%. Give or take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that are named after horses, now don't take any any way from the past series, I understand that. But we should have first five horses should have at least some recognition there, whether it be a, a race named after has to be group like Tubby Group Two predicted and, and below. Yeah. Um, they should be recognised for what they they have achieved, whether it was nineteen thirty one or nineteen or two thousand and ten, it doesn't matter I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. And um, my point was was simple: is that, um, and I'm not taking away from uh, the race administrators who have made wonderful contributions to the sport, and they deserve recognition. But all I was trying to point out was there's a lot of Group Ones named after gentlemen who have long since passed, and the great racehorses, those five inaugural Hall of Fame inductees, don't have a Group 1 named after them. They've got Group 2 and Group 3 races. I just think it should be the other way around, Dino. That's my point, you know. Is it deemed among racing, the racing fraternity to be a little disrespectful, or is that too strong a word? Um, I know where you're coming from, but I don't think it's disrespectful to still honour those gentlemen, but give them a Group 2 or a Group 3 race. Um, and these are the five great horses that... You know, everyone knows, and and they'll be revered for a long, long time to come. And people can still reel off what Farlap did and what Kingston Town did and whatever else. But you ask someone, what did a certain person do for a club? They can't answer that question because they don't. They're not aware. So all I'm saying is that these great horses who are still revered and still resonate and are still relevant should be the ones that have the group ones named after them. It's just my point. That's all. I heard you say before, I over in WA, they've changed Kingston Town. Uh, to, to northerly, northerly yeah. Mm-hmm. Surely, wouldn't the governing body over there say, okay, Kingston Town's a legend, we will bring Northerly in, mm. but we will find a place for Kingston Town, rather than just saying, you push to one side. Yeah. Let's is, find a new home. There is a Kingston Town Stakes, and it was run yesterday at Ranwick, but it's only a Group 3. That's, that's um, the point I'm making. Yeah, and I can understand why the West Australian Turf Club wanted to honour one of their own champion, which is northerly. He came out of the west. But never forget, Kingston Town's very last run of his entire career was at Ascot in Perth, which he won the Western Mail Classic, was called back then. So there's a bit of history there with the King, but it is what it is, and unfortunately, that's the way some administrators go. But it seems we're getting a bit of a groundswell of opinion um, that are supportive of seeing these great horses recognise that Group 1 level. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas.
South Sydney has qualified for its fifth consecutive NRL preliminary final with a 38-12 win over Cronulla last night at Allianz Stadium. Souths led 18-0 at half-time. The Sharks scored first after the break, but Souths too good going on to eventually score six tries to two. They'll take on the might of the Penrith Panthers next Saturday night at a core stadium. Parramatta will play North Queensland in Townsville in the first prelim on Friday night. In the Jersey flag prelim final at Leichhardt Oval yesterday, Penrith beat the Roosters 27-22 and will play Newcastle in the grand final. In President's Cup, Hills Bulls beat Collegians 26-16 and they'll meet the Maitland Pickers in the decider and Canterbury defeated Newtown 28-26 to meet Penrith in the New South Wales Cup grand final. All grand finals next Sunday at Combank Stadium starting from 11 o'clock. In NRLW today, a triple header at Central Coast Stadium. Brisbane play Parramatta, the Titans versus the Roosters and the Dragons take on the Knights. The Sydney Swans are into the AFL Grand Final after a one-point win over Collingwood in the prelim final at the SCG last night, 95-94. The Swans dominated for most of the game and led at every break. The Pies were down by 22 points going into the final quarter, but they fought back to get within one point before the sirens sounded, leaving Swans fans with heart palpitations and Collingwood staff, players and fans were left in tears. Sydney will play Geelong in next Saturday's Decider at the MCG. James McDonald rode five winners, including the million-dollar double with Animo in the George Main Stakes and Nature Strip in the shorts at Royal Randwick yesterday. Meantime, Hugh Bowman was suspended for 13 days after pleading guilty to failing to ride lost and running to the finish of the shorts. Bowman pleaded guilty to the charge and commences his penalty period immediately, allowing him to return for the Epsom Handicap meeting on October 1. While at Caulfield, call sign Mav won the Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. The NBL preseason is underway with the NBL Blitz in Darwin. Last night, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers got some revenge on the Kings, who beat them in the grand final series last season with a convincing 73-53 win. Substitute Son Hyung Min responded to his drop to the bench after a barren start to the season with a hat-trick for Tottenham in their 6-2 win over Leicester in English Premier League soccer overnight. Newcastle and Bournemouth won all, Wolves nil, Manchester City 3. Francesco Bagnaia has pole for the Aragon MotoGP, recording a new lap record. He leads a Ducati 1-2-3 with Aussie Jack Miller starting from second. At the Italian Golf Open, Aussie Lucas Herbert is two off the lead after the third round. He sits at eight under. Matt Fitzpatrick leads at ten under. And at minus nine, Rory McIlroy and Aaron Rye. Canelo Alvarez takes on Gennady Golovkin for all four super middleweight boxing belts today in Las Vegas. It's the third fight between the two pound-for-pound greats, with Alvarez having won the first and the second was a draw. And the World Road Cycling Championships begin today in Wollongong. Now, boys, this is an eight-day event, but puts, Gong, the, puts Wollongong on the world stage. Apparently, yeah, the world champs form part of the Triple Crown. So you've got the Tour de France, the Giro d'Italia and the world champs. So you're at Wollongong. Yeah. The Go Wollongong. Yeah. And racing commentator Mike Tomolaris says this is the biggest event that will hit the city of Wollongong in its history. And he says, I'm not exaggerating by saying that. The population of Wollongong is forecast to double in size during the race period, while up to 300 million viewers are expected to tune in. How big's that? Massive event, mm. worth $95 million to the New South Wales economy. That is huge. And three years in the making, getting all this together. Go. 
Yeah. So the first event today is the Men and Women's Elite Time Trial. And for the first time, both the men and women's races will be held on the same day and over the same distance, and that distance being 34.2 kilometres. Our friends Scull and Judy are down there for that. They're watching it today. Is that a fact? Yeah. Ah, good on them. Well, there has been a little bit of kerfuffle uh, regarding this event. The French Cycling Federation has had to defend their decision to fly its men's team in business class while the women's had to travel in economy. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Travel there. That's a whole other show, (laughs) that that one, isn't it? That one one in well. They're saying that it was based, the decision was based on money and the men's better chances of winning. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's not going to wash. That's no, not going to go down well. They said they didn't have the means to put everyone in business, but their their explanation is the men's team uh, have been world champions for the last two years, and they have obviously more of a chance of winning than the women's team. So they've decided to put them in business class. And they said if we had the mountain bike world champs in Australia with the same economic choice, we would put the girls in business and the boys in economy because they would have a better chance of winning than the boys. What happened to the old-fashioned, you can have my seat? Thing. Oh, that's what, so, what's a, what's a that, Seinfeld one that's episode? That's so five minutes ago, that. Yeah. No, I still <laughs> let women You do, you now, do. What, what's the Seinfeld episode, that antiquated nation? What was that one again? In fact, George was yeah. it? Oh. He was involved somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get out of the fire or something? Remember yeah. when Jerry was in first class, so Elaine was down the back. That's it's the antiquated yeah. nation to... Yeah. And they had they had hot cookies up in first class right. and she couldn't get over it. <laughs> she tried to get... That's right. Yeah. And no, she sat down. You're thinking um, mm. men, children and and, and invalids uh, first is an antiquated notion. That's it. That, might have, been, everyone, women, that might have been the fire episode. The fire episode, one. Yeah. Women, yeah. children and invalids first and... Is an, an antiquated, antiquated notion. George <laughs> said somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's well. That's on this afternoon, Dino. World Championship of Cycling. Tune in. Exactly, Dino. Plenty more SMSs here. There's a good one here. I wanted to read out because really from Polly. Good morning, Tanya Ray and Dino. In the AFL, I follow three teams: Carlton, the Swans, and the team that plays Collingwood. Payback is sweet. Go the Swannies, says Polly. Think about it, Dino. Collingwood knocked out my men, the Blue Boys, in the last round when they beat them by one point in that thriller to knock Carlton out of the eight. And the Swans have knocked Collingwood out of the GF by one point. As Polly says, payback is sweet. It is payback. Okay, Who are you going to cheer for, Ray? I mean, I know you cheer uh, for the Swans, but yeah, yeah, cheer for it more in your, your head. I mean, you, you, I think are you going to separate your head from your heart? <laughs> or do you believe the Swans can win or will win? Uh, I think the Cats are the best side. Yes. Um, hard is with the Swannies, but I think the Cats might just be a touch too good. We've got plenty of people want to have their say on the open line um, in a second, I hope. Yeah, I think old Pete is there. Old Pete, good morning. Good morning. How are you, mate? I've met a, I've met a cavalcade of ex- outstanding sportsmen, but the three that stood out in my mind were Jack Thompson, the jockey. Yeah. I met him when Jimmy Hickey started, got the old Lakes Club, and they had the Jockeys Club. Bloody thing burnt down quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, Norman von Neider, he was there one night. It was fantastic. But another one who was a workmate of yours, Bumper mm. Farrell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just fantastic. Newtown, Newtown captain, uh, didn't you? Well, when I was there, did mm. you really bite the bloke's ear? He said, I would have put his bloody head off, but I couldn't get his monk lead in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think he bought a bit of uh, a, a copper old bumper farrels. Yeah, he was a copper. Yeah. yeah, he was, he, and he was on the desk at uh, Holt Street there for That's several he was. Years. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good on you, old Pete. Nice to hear from you and hope you're, you're feeling well, mate. Plenty of people want to have their say on the open line. I think Mad Mick is there. Mad Mick, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Ray? Terrific. What, what do you got for us, mate? 
Um, I met uh, Buddy Guy and uh, and Gary Boozy. Oh yeah, in in Chicago. Um, Gary had had a rock band, and he was on first uh, before um, Buddy played. Yeah, and I met him at the bar, would you believe? Okay. Uh, I just want another another beer, and uh, he said, "Hey, you're a you're an Aussie." I said, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> and uh, would you believe the his his minder? He must have been about seven foot tall. Buddy, uh, like uh, Gary, was six six. Yeah, his minder was bigger. Picked me up, yeah, <laughs> like a like a rag doll because I'm only five seven. You know. Yeah. Anyway, and um, he said, oh, "Put him down." I spoke to him. He didn't speak to me, you know. And yeah, yeah. So I went over and I get get to speak to uh, Buddy Guy and and Gary. Gee, how about that? Yeah. What a night! You know, I've got, got, got it was sort of out of out of this world sort of experience. I've been to America about ten times. Yeah, Mad Mick, the Aussie accent opens a few doors overseas, doesn't it? Particularly in America. Unbelievable. Yeah, no. uh, it, it's it's. Uh, I've, I've been fortunate to meet a few. Famous people, but that was like you know, the pinnacle, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, good story. Good on you. I love the blues, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I listen to you guys. Uh, hey, I've got a, uh, a poem that I'm, I'm about to launch uh, called Smash. Yep. Yeah, we're going to launch it uh, between now and the end of the year. We've formed the company over there. Okay. It's something very unique. So I'll be in touch with you. No worries, man. Look forward to it, mate. And I wish the best of luck with that new venture. Hey, Mad Mick, thanks for the call. That was great. And that Aussie accent overseas, particularly in America, once they realise you're not English or whatever Can't else, they, they, they like you. It'll also be to your detriment too, right, in other countries. Have, have, have you, oh, well, no, I'm talking about America. Other countries might not work that well. <laughs> talking all the overnight action. What a performance. What a moment this is. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray, our next guest. He did the double header yesterday. Did. did walk out. It's got me thinking about um, when you leave sporting contests before the full-time siren and something happens. I remember I was watching Carlton play North Melbourne back in the late 80s when I was uh, stationed down in Melbourne. And Carlton were down by 17 points. Princess Park thought, bugger this, I'm going to walk to the car park and get out of here. And... I was walking in front of, behind two girls who had Carlton scarves on. I could hear a roar. They got a little fist pump. Another roar. I thought, uh-oh. Three go. goals in the last three minutes. Carlton won by a point. <laughs> I never do that again. I Phil, remember, but, yeah, sorry, sorry, 95, 96, I went to the SCG yeah. for a one-day game between Australia and the Windies. Mm-hmm. Australia collapsed six for 35. Thought, see you later. Yeah. Off to the pub. Michael Bevan. Oh, that was the great Michael Vivian. Roger Harper, it. straight down the ground. Missed a couple, it. A couple of times you've gone to ADIs and you, you've gone on the the pub crawl and away from Central Station. Never got Never there. Never got to the game. <laughs> got to the game. Had a great day, though. <laughs> Phil Buzz Rockett on the line. Good morning, Buzz. You did leave early, but luckily yeah. the Swans hung on, mate. Yeah, look, it's interesting you guys talking about those moments. What you didn't have back then was a, a smartphone. Correct, yeah. And you didn't have a Foxtel Go app on your phone. I have, you got it. So I got it now, much, Buzz. How it's gold, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> as much as I wanted to stay at the AFL, I had a function on at Alliance, and I was already running late for it. But as I left the ground, I, I, I watched the game the last ten minutes <laughs> on the phone, and look, it wasn't the same as being there, but. Uh, I tell you what, though, geez, it was a 
It was an unbelievable feeling to beat those two footy games yesterday. Sold out venues, wonderful atmosphere. And look, the AFL game was obviously an epic. What I'm writing tomorrow about AFL in my column is that I think Bulldog um, and Ray, there are some um, messages that I'd really like to... Well, if Andrew Abdo or Peter Belandis had a look at the game, there's a lot... There's a few things rugby league could learn from it. And what I particularly am referring to is the umpiring. And the umpires on the field in AFL game are actually in charge of the game. They don't have anyone in their lug. There's, you know, telling them what to do. There's less interruptions, less stoppages, less nitpicking, less use of the video. And they don't go looking for reasons to penalise players. Bravo. <laughs> no, no, it, it, she flowed that game. 100% Buzz. 100%. And, Stop nitpicking. And, and look, I, I spoke to a few AFL people there. It's this always. And they say it is. Mm. Look, I'm not an AFL expert. I hadn't been to a game for four years, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It doesn't seem raised as defensive as it used to be. There's, there appears to be more attack. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the flooding aspect of the game, which was about 10 years ago, a cancer on the sport, the coaches have managed to work their way around that now, Buzz. So it is much more open, like not like yeah, the old days, but certainly a lot, a lot better than it was. You know? What I'm saying in this column is give me Latrell, Turbo mm. or Teddy any day of the week over Buddy. That's just my opinion. But there are some lessons we can learn from the game. And the first lesson is put a bomb under the bunker. Mm. It's ruining rugby league as a spectacle. And I didn't fully understand until I got there and witnessed it yesterday, the, the, the other side. Um, the other interesting thing is, as I walked into the cricket ground, and look, I won't mention the guy's name because you'd, um, you'd both know him. But he used to be a mad, mad St. George Illawarra fan. Mad. He used to be at Cogra Jubilee Oval every day, every week in the old days. Went there for years. His home is now the SCG. He loves, he, he prefers that game now. And look, this is, I'm not here to bag rugby league, but what I'm saying is that there are some things in the game that I think are turning fans off which is the bunker. Too many stoppages. Happened again last night in the South Cronulla game. No way did Cronulla deserve to win that football match. South was so superior, it's not funny, even though they didn't play to their best. But seriously, there are things we can learn from AFL. Buzz, I've been on at the bunker all year about reducing their influence over games, getting them out of the referee's ear and letting the referees get back to refereeing. But yeah. I think we're fighting a losing battle because no one yeah, know, seems to want to listen really, to us. It's really funny. You know, a lot of us want two referees back, one to do the ruck, one to do general play. And, you know, Ray, I counted, is it right, six umpires on the field yesterday? Yeah, 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 be right. They mm. have six umpires, mm. though. But, you know, the game's well shared by them. Mm. And that, because of that, you know, they don't need the video as much. So I'd go back to two refs to start with in NRL. But don't worry, Buzz, there's plenty of AFL controversial moments as well with umpiring all the time. And, yeah. Um, so it's it's not 
it's not just rugby league that has issues with their their yeah, umpiring and refereeing. So maybe I'm just too excited, mate, because yeah. uh, the atmosphere there and next door at Alliance it was big time. Well, tell us about Alliance, but was that the first time you've been there? Oh no, mate! I've been. Uh, I think it was the third time okay. I've been there. All right. yeah. But, but it's, it's a great facility. It's mm. not a lot different in the seating arrangements to the old stadium. But um, Bulldog will tell you. He was there last week. The bar areas and the toilets, access to toilets, and getting in and out of the place is much better than it used to be. And not sure if it was worth nearly a billion dollars, but. You know the the noise. I should have taken the old sound meter to both games because it was <laughs> it was so loud both places. You know. Actually, funny you say that, Buzz, because last Monday I rang Les Bridge, who of course trains classic legend, and he's a massive yeah. South supporter. And I said, "Oh, did you watch the game yesterday, um, South versus Aroosters last Sunday?" And he said, "Watch it. I was there." And I said, "What was it like?" And he said, "I've been to major sporting events all around the world." And nothing compared to the sound of that game last yeah. Sunday. That was off and the charts last been... Sunday, Buzz. Yeah. Sorry? I said we were both there last Sunday for Roosters South. That was off the charts. It was off the charts, atmosphere-wise, for sure. Mm. Crazy stuff. Buzz, in your column today, watch the buzz in the Sunday telly. You've got a lot of good items, as always. But there is one there that took my eye. Johnny Lewis, the famous boxing trainer appealing to Paul Gallon to retire mm. immediately. Just take us inside that story. Yeah, well, you guys saw the fight. I don't know how many people watched the fight, but Paul Gallon did the doubleheader in Brisbane um, against Ben Hannett and took an hour off and then came out against Justin Hodges, who shocked everyone by knocking Gal to the ground. Mm. And uh, a lot of people, boxing experts by Johnny Lewis, were left shocked. He didn't think there was that much in the punch. He just wants Gal to finish and finish now. He thinks he's cooked as a fighter, and I agree with him. And, look, he has deteriorated. He was fighting much better quality uh, fighters than uh, ex-footballers, wasn't he, for Mm. a long period of time. But there gets to a period where you've just had your time in the sport, and Paul Gallen has been a great asset to the fight game. He's brought new eyeballs to to help up-and-coming fighters who never got any publicity. But um, Johnny's concerned that even one more fight, and there's mm. talk that he's going to have a Hodges rematch or Junior Paulo or whatever. You know what? He's made a lot of money. He's a wealthy man. I'd, I agree with Johnny. I'd really love to see the great man chuck in the towel. And, um, you know, I, I worry about it, to be honest. Yeah, there's it's a couple of quotes here from Johnny Lewis, which... Uh very telling, aren't they, Buzz? This year, he, as in Gallon, has deteriorated as a fighter. Being tough is not enough. He told you that Gallon has slowed up and looks like an old man now. I don't mind telling him, but I don't know if he'll listen. Yeah. And Johnny doesn't normally say those mm. sort of things. You know, he's 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 not a rent a quote. He, um, you know, he, he rarely does interviews these days. But I think he spoke because he... He wanted Gal to see it, get his view. I guess he could have just rung him and told him, but, you know, he's an honest man. When he picked up yep. his phone, he asked you a question. He, he doesn't beat around the bush. Mm. There's the very interesting line with Johnny Lewis. Cost you zoo. Remember, who who belted him? It was a fight in England. Uh, Ricky Hatton, was it? Yeah, Ricky yeah. Hatton. Mm. But anyway, Cost had one multi-million dollar fight left on his Showtime deal. And it would have been a nice superannuation payment, worth yep. millions of dollars. Mm. 
Johnny said, you day. Give it away. I don't want to see you get hurt. You know what he did? He walked away. Yeah. Left yeah. a million in the promoter's bank, you know? Mm. And so he's in there with his thoughts on matters like this. Buzz, you've also written in your column today that Nine's ratings have slid dramatically uh, in Brisbane due to the Broncos' late-season collapse. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Dog. Um, we all, the Broncos, what, haven't made the finals since for the last three seasons. Um, since 2017, the Broncos' average audience on free-to-air TV in Brisbane has fallen 39.4%. Now, even when you add nine streaming numbers, because a lot of people like to stream their footy these days, it's still a decrease of 34.4%. The concern for nine, the concern for the NRL, is at the same time, but of a very small base, the AFL has grown 15%. And Channel 7 are very happy about the inroads they're making into Brisbane. So it's one of the reasons Redcliffe have come into the competition by the Dolphins next year, and I hope they can help the Broncos, the Titans, and all the Queensland teams re-establish <clears throat> their um, market share north of the border. Mm. Hey, Buzz, also an interesting column today about the Brad Fittler medal and unfortunately a lot of the players, they couldn't attend. Um, Ray, I, I, I really feel for James Tedesco. Mm. I, I think when you're a player of his standing in rugby league and you had a great origin series and you get up on stage to accept the very prestigious Fittler's medal, there's only one of his teammates there. Mm. Are you there, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I can hear it. It's, it's, it's extraordinary, yeah. I think we, we might have lost Buzz there. That, that, that the is sad because, yeah, because these players are obviously in finals mode yeah. and they just can't get away can't from get it. Yeah. The story you're referring to is Buzz has mm. written a piece saying 21 blues in yeah. medal no-show. Mm. That's a lot from the Blues. Yeah, he's still involved in final series and that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's multiple reasons why. I think why. Buzz is back online. Buzz, you there, mate? You wouldn't believe it. That Tony Adams from Mould just tried to ring me, and I tried to decline his call. Which oh, I, shoo him away. I tried to decline his call, but I hit you guys decline instead. Don't, that, doesn't, he, doesn't the Mould realise our ratings spike when you're on Buzz? Well, he's obviously not listening. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Brad Fittler medal, and, and there's reasons why most of Teddy's teammates couldn't attend. Oh, there were, Ray. Um, mm. But, look, it's still disappointing to only see Jake. Mm. Turbo there, wasn't it? Yeah. And look, the Penrith players, the seven of them, had their own presentation night on, and and so did Jack White and Canberra. There are other players involved in the finals this weekend, and there's a COVID risk in an audience of, um, what, 500? Mm -hmm. But look, the New South Wales Rugby League sell tables to corporates for a night to mingle with the stars, and they didn't turn up. And I think there are a few players who have finished their commitments with their clubs, are still in Sydney, and... Um, haven't gone away on holidays. So I think they could have been there just to support Teddy, to support the night, to support the sponsors who, at the end of the day, pay their salary. There's got to be a solution to this one, mm. Buzz. Oh, it's I'm not sure what it is on face value, but it's got to be fixed. You, I just don't think you can have an awards night. For such a prestigious uh, team, the New South Wales State of Origin team, and have two players turn up. Look, I, I, a few people told me, I didn't put in the story, I didn't want to embarrass him, but look, I, I don't think James Tedesco, he wasn't, not that he wasn't happy 
unhappy, but he was just a little bit disappointed. I get and that. Do, do you aim that? And you can't really aim your disappointment at a lot of the players. I think there's half a dozen more should have been there. Mm. But I think the New South Wales Rugby League have got to look at their calendar and find a date where every single New South Wales player turns up to honour their Brad Fittler medalist. I really do. Mm. Now, Buzz, before you go... Yes, dog, you... Our panel operator today is a lovely bloke called Nick Kunyak, a very Mm. good friend of our shows. He's trawled back yesterday (laughs) and he found something in the archives from, I think it's 1992... Take a listen to this, Buzz. Phil Rothfield very quickly. How long to go there at Belmore? Well, we've got 15 minutes to go, Ray, and it's still Canterbury 24, Brisbane 20. Hold on, it's Brisbane going for a try, Hancock. The referee just waiting for his decision now. Here's Lee so- moving into the kick. He puts it towards the upright. It's there. Well, excitement of plenty. Penrith 12, Balmain 8. Phil Rothfield, is it a try or not? It certainly is. Graham Annesley consulted his touch judge. He's awarded the try to Michael Hancock near the touchline. So it's now Canterbury and Brisbane. 24 all. Phil Rothfield sounding a bit like Pondam Atasa there. <laughs> oh, Busby, great stuff. Great stuff, Billy. You know what? There used to be a lot of pressure doing around the grounds because there was no internet. There was no apps on your mobile phone. There was no television coverage of every game. And so many people relied on you being reasonably accurate. And look, I've never claimed to be a radio guru. But I just did my best job that day. Um, you did a great job. I'm not being critical. <laughs> yeah. I think Ray appreciated it, it was too. Good. No. What year was it? 1992 or three. 30 years ago, I reckon, Buzz. 92, yeah. Phil. Yeah. Wow. Where does time go? Yeah. Graham Annesley, eh? He got yeah. one right. The old... <laughs> got one right. <laughs> hey, Buzz, we can't let you go. We, we're into the prelim final stage now. Um, let's get your thoughts on next Friday night, North Queensland versus Parramatta. And then you saw South Sydney beat your Sharkies. How are they shaping up against Penrith next Saturday night at a core stadium? Um, aren't they going to be both super duper mm. footy games? Geez, you asked for a tip early, Ray. It's very <laughs> hard to do the form overnight. But Fair look, enough. Um, what I saw from Parramatta the other night was just spectacular. And I heard you guys talking about Mitchell Moses earlier. I think it was his finest game for the club. And if he turns up to Townsville with the same boots and attitude and I think Parra can win. I really do. I think he's a great halfback. He's obviously behind. There's great halfbacks across the comp, but he's right up there with the best of them. Very, very happy for the Eels. Very happy for Brad Arthur. Mm. I think they can win. There you go. <laughs> and Penrith and South? Oh, geez. This is a really, really hard game. You know what? I'd love to see a Penrith Parra grand final, the Battle of the West. But look, you cannot deny this South Sydney side and where they've come from at the bottom end of the final series. I think they're going to have to improve substantially on last night. They, I thought their ball, ball control was poor. Um, if Latrell can do something special and Cody, I think they're a chance. I, I think it's an even money bet, Ray. I'll, mm. I'll make a tip later in the week. Fair enough. Yeah. Buzz, before you go, our talk topic today, your brush with fame. I threw sporting up, fame, sporting, sporting fame. fame. Yeah. I threw up many Muhammad Ali interviewing Joe Frazier, Keanu Reeves. Ray had Roger Federer. You've been very worldly in your career, Phil. Who would be the person that you've met that stuck with you for for the rest of your life? 
I'll never forget when I was a young Jern, I was invited out onto a harbour cruise, and it was a really exclusive harbour cruise when the West Indies were here. Mm. And I was with Viv Richards and Joel Garner just for an afternoon having a beer with them, and it was just unbelievable. How about that? When they were megastars, weren't they? There's one story I did that sticks in my mind when I sat in Sir Alex Ferguson's office with a schoolboy who... Uh, from Western Sydney, who was now at school at Manchester. His name was Mark Bosnich. was 1989, having a one-on-one with Sir Alex Ferguson, who is arguably the greatest coach in, or manager, or whatever you call it, in any sport in any across the planet. You know, So that was a great moment too. Buzz, that's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. Yeah, Sir Alex. We'll let you go. Hey, Buzz, always got to one up us, don't you? No, Phil? that's fair enough. No, you did ask him, so he's he's, he's always got to end with a win, doesn't he? <laughs> no, good on you, Buzz. Can't wait for the prelim finals this weekend and go the Swannies in the GF. Good on you guys. Thanks, Buzzby. There's Phil Thanks, Buzz Rothfield talking all things sport. Dino, what, so what do you think? Honestly, you, you, you've given your tips. You think North Queensland can win? No, I think Parramatta can win up. Uh, up there, I think it'll be a great game, and I think Penrith will win. Ray, I say mm. that in difficult circumstances because I've been tipping South the last four weeks, mm. and the momentum that they've got has really ignited the competition. It's worrying me. And Latrell has yeah. just his ability and his his rock star image has really ignited rugby league. It's worrying me. Well, but you- look, if I put on the spot, Ray, I'll go. <clears throat> excuse me, I'll go para. I'll go Penrith, and that would be one incredible Western mm. Sydney grand final. Are you going to go to Townsville for that game? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. It's a Saturday night. Uh, I would imagine a, a Friday night, actually. Yeah. I, I don't think so, Ray. I'm not sure. We've got plenty to cover here. East versus West, so to speak, isn't it? South yes. versus Penrith. It is extraordinary. Parramatta versus North Queensland. Can't wait. And we get a chance to watch the AFL grand final next weekend. Oh, Absolutely. Yes, mm. absolutely. Should and what are you ripper. tipping there? Uh, head and heart, Ray, from what mm. I can ascertain, and I'm not a huge AFL fan, you know that, even though I admire and respect it. Uh, my heart certainly says Sydney, but my head, from what I can gather, through listening to all the experts, is that Geelong may well be too strong. Exactly, yeah, okay. Well, look, thanks so much for listening to us over the last three hours. We really appreciate it. The footy's been fantastic. Go to the Mighty Panthers next Saturday night. I'm going to try and get there if I can. And for Tanya, Parramatta better win Friday night. I hope Tanya did a great job today. She too. did. She had to produce she on her own. Producers as well. Nick was panel operating. Great Thank you, Nick. Job. Tanya's just it was seamless, wasn't it? It all went well, and I won the quiz. You won the. There you so go. She just she made she it. Helped you out. Just that ever so sweet, Raymond. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us over the last three hours. Enjoy your Sunday and enjoy your sport.